You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you today for another special episode, a Survivor off-season episode, our fourth one that we've had in this off-season, and a pleasure to be able to bring you an interview today. We've had a couple of episodes featuring some former Ozlets chatting about all things to do with Survivor, but today we are bringing you an interview with a former contestant, namely Mr. Matt Dyson, who was the first boot on the fifth season of Australian Survivor, last year's Channel 10 version, Champions vs. Contenders. And uh, it's a very interesting and fun chat. Really enjoyed having this conversation with Matt. Uh, he's actually a long-term listener of Survivor Oz well before he even went on Survivor. So somebody who we had been in communication with and had conversations with previously to him being cast. So we always do appreciate when long-term listeners of the show are able to get on the show and kind of gives us a little bit of a background and context to be able to uh, have a bit more of a conversation with them, I feel. So Matt... Great chat here, gives a lot of insight into his uh, game, his early boot, and then we also get into a little bit of a conversation about the state of Survivor, both Australian and US Survivor, and then we answer some of your listener questions as well. So, without further ado, here is our chat with Survivor Australia contestant from Season 5 of Australian Survivor, Mr. Matt Dyson. We're continuing on our off-season specials by getting into a little bit more Survivor content. We've had a few of these episodes over the preceding weeks and, of course, brought back some flashback episodes. But we're going to bring you another new episode today. And uh, our first, I want to say, interview in a long time. I believe we had Ryan from uh, Heroes Healers Hustlers on. Might have been the last time we actually had a full-on genuine interview. And today we're going to do a similar thing, not necessarily maybe going to be just entirely all about this person's season of Survivor, it's going to also follow on the trend from some of those random episodes we've done in the last few weeks, just talking about the state of the game and where we're going and everything like that. You would know him from Australian Survivor Season 5, where unfortunately he was the first person booted out, but as you know, any long-term listeners know of this show, we like to celebrate the early boots, It's because they're sometimes the greatest people on the season and... I'm sucking up already. Whatever. It's Matt Dyson from Australian <laughs> Survivor Season 5. Matt, welcome to the Oz Network. Ben, thank you for having me. I do know that you're a massive fan of the first boot, so <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to be here today having a chat to you, mate. It's, uh, well, it's a pleasure to have you, and it's, it's kind of interesting because uh, I know in sort of our random episodes we've done in the last few weeks... Um, I mentioned a lot about how I hadn't seen your season, and at the time of recording this, I'm nine episodes into your season. Feels like about nine years, to be honest. Um, it's, a, it's a long season. <laughs> it's it's very long, but I have seen your episodes, so at least I, I now know uh, at least that context. But um, I, I can imagine now, because this time a year ago, you basically would have been amping up, like, hey, cool, I'm going to finally see myself on Survivor, because you are a massive fan. You and I talked well before you even went on the show. So you That's right. are yeah. a long-term fan of this show. So, again, I used to always ask this to people when it's been long afterwards, but is it hard to believe, Matt? It's been a year now since you were leading up to that moment of you being on the show. It is. I mean, the lead-up to, to getting on, but even the lead-up to to the whole Survivor coming back on Channel 10, I mean, there was such a massive gap um, from when we had the, the Channel 9 season all those years ago, which I actually applied for. I was only... I was 18 or 19 at the time, and when I missed out on that, and of course they they cut it after that, you, you know, we never thought, well, I know I never thought that I'd ever get a chance to even apply to get on again. Um, so when that opportunity came came up again, of course I was straight on to wanting to apply, and and uh, I don't know if many people know this, but um, I actually applied for 
for the first two Channel 10 seasons. Didn't even get a call back, nothing. You know, I put my video in, all that, and had no interest at all. And when it came to my season, I actually, um, I actually didn't get my um, get my uh, application in on time. I was, uh, as as you may know, some of the listeners might know, I do a lot of travelling and. And um, I was actually away for two, the last two weeks of the, um, the application process. And I'd taken some video from trips I had done in Africa and in, in, in some of the South Pacific countries, thinking that Monday I might use them for an application. And, and I, I got back the, the night before applications closed. And I thought, you know what, I've applied, I've applied three times now over the years. I've never got a call back. I'm not going to stay up and do an all-nighter and get this finished. You know, I'll just sit back and watch it. And then I was lucky enough, because um, I'd started the application, I got a, an email back saying, hey, we, we see that you haven't finished it. We'll give you another week to do it. And I thought, fine. And I, and, you know, I, put, I ended up finishing the video. I put it together, and the rest is history. I got on the show. So it was, it was a, a quite bizarre way of me getting on, but it just shows you that, you know, some people, you know, in America, some people apply 30 times and then finally get on. So you just got to keep trying, I guess, yeah. And I can imagine, I mean, I've asked this to plenty of contestants before who I know sort of are fans, but what is that feeling like when you get a call or an email where they just show initial interest in you? Because I can imagine, as you said, you've applied for a couple of seasons before. You applied way back in the day for the Channel 9 version, but again, you're a super fan. So I, I can imagine that that moment, even if that was all that it took, like one extra interview and then no, nothing more, that must be a pretty incredible feeling at that point. It is, and... and... You know, I'm sure we'll talk about this later about me being the first boot, but I'm a strong believer that there's a thin line between winning and losing, and there's a thin line between getting on the show or not. I always said to myself, if I can just get that call back, I was confident I could get on the show, you know, but to get that call back was the main thing. I never did any real fancy videos or anything like that. I'm, you know, I'm not great on the computer or anything like that. I, I was relying on them seeing a, something in me to get on the show. And I couldn't do that the first few times. Um, so to finally, yeah, to finally get that call, it was actually funny. I was working at the time. I'm a, a lot of people would know I'm a police officer. And I was actually on duty when I got the call. And I didn't know the whole process. I thought that I that would get, if I got a call back, they would say, come in and we'll see you face to face. I had no idea the process. So next second, they're like, oh, can you talk for a bit? And I'm, I'm on duty. I'm actually on a stake out of this house. And, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Thinking it would be, you know, a, a couple of minute conversation just to let me know where they wanted me. It ended up being like a 30 minute interview. This was while I was working and it was actually quite funny. So I was unprepared, but I think that helped me because I, you know, I could just talk off the cuff. We, you know, and, and in the end we got off that phone call and I thought, you know what, I, I think I'm, think I've did pretty well there. And, and then, yeah. And, and then over the next sort of couple of months um, or, or the next sort of six weeks, I um, went through all the process and then I finally got that call to say, Hey, you're on. And I mean, it's just, fantastic i still remember it i was driving home it was a friday afternoon and and uh and uh got the call to say matt you're on the show and yeah fantastic i i hope you didn't let any big name criminal off the hook when you stake out like your partner's going <laughs> something like matt 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 like no, shut up shut up i'm on the phone to survivor <laughs> <laughs> no no i told him that i could have to go at any stage so um but yeah thankfully i got to got to you know see at the interview but uh yeah it, it's i think for me especially like i was I was going on a show for the for what I believe is the right reasons to play the game. I wasn't there for fame. I I made that clear that if I won, I was still going to be a police officer till I'm sixty and have to retire. You know, I I wasn't looking to change my job. I wasn't looking 
uh, for fame. You know, the money, of course, was great. But, I, you know, I was going on there to, to win the game. That, that's, that's, and I was going to, you know, going to do whatever it took to do that. And if that meant, um, you know, I had to, you know, play dirty right from the start, if that's what it took, well, I was going to do that. Or, you know, I was never worried about, oh, um, you know, just making it to the merge or just making it to the end. That That's, you know, and I wanted to make sure if I got to the end that I was going to win, that it was a guaranteed that I played a hard enough game that I could win. You know, we, we see so many people now get to the end and they don't even, especially in America, they don't even get a single vote. Like, for me, what would be worse, getting voted off first or getting to the end and not getting one person vote for you? That would be a lot worse for me. I would, I, you know, I couldn't, I wouldn't, I'd be thinking about it for the rest of my life. So, so you know, it happens. Is there much of a process involved with your line of work that you know when you say like hey boss i'm going on so i mean what do you tell them because i obviously realize there's certain people you can tell they've got to sign waivers of confidentiality and things like that is that something you have to flat out tell that your bosses that you're going on a reality show and what's their reaction to that well that that was actually a big issue for me um you know most people can just say hey you know hey i'm either going to quit my job or or I'm going to take some some leave and, and go away. But for me, it was a lot more than that. Being a police officer, I actually had to get permission to go on the show. Mm. So I got, you know, I got told um, by the producers that I was going to be on. But that was just the first hurdle for me. The next hurdle was to get on, and it was just before the Commonwealth Games. So all the big bosses were were, were going down to the Com Games, and here I am trying. You know, it's a long process of going through the chain of command. I had to do a report up to say, you know, look, I'm I'm on this show, Survivor, and you know, I've got a chance to win half a million dollars, and 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 um, but I had to yeah, get permission. So it went up the chain of command, and but the problem was that when I got told I was on, it wasn't long before the show started. So they got to start doing backstories. Um, you would have seen a little backstory. Well, that all takes time to organise. So um, they're on Survivor on my back, saying, "Hey, you know, when can we come up and do this 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 um, shoot of you in your police outfit?" Well. I still had to get permission from the QPS to actually go on the show. So I'm still sitting there thinking, well, I've got through the first hurdle I'm on, but, but now I've got to, I'm not going to quit my job. I mean, that, my job is more important than getting on the show. Um, so, um, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a weird process for me, I guess, and a lot different to most other people. So had you not gotten permission, you would have said no to Survivor? Well, look, it's funny. I think about it now and... I don't know. I honestly don't know what I would have done, you know, because for me, getting on a show was always a, a like the number one priority. Looking back now, and you real, you know, being on the show, although I was only on there for two days, you realise at the end of the day, you know, you it is only a show, it is only a game. Uh, when it's all over and done with, whether whether you last the fifty days or get out voted out day two, you know, your life continues on afterwards. And I love my job, you know, it's my it's it's a fantastic career, and it's something I want to do till I retire. Um, so for me to have looked back now and think that I did consider, you know, that may I, I may have to quit my job to go on the show. You know, looking back now, thankfully I didn't have to make that choice because, you know, it, to be honest, it would have been the wrong one. Um, I don't think any, as much as I love the show and would have hated to have to give that opportunity up, you know, it's not worth giving up your whole life for. I mean, it's a small, a very small part of your, your life compared to, you know, your whole career if you're in a job that you love. And, you know, a lot of people do quit their jobs and then, you know, have to find new jobs afterwards. But for me, it was, yeah, you know, it was, um, I'm just lucky I didn't have to make that decision, I guess. 
do as a fan, and I'm sure a lot of people always ask you this, or you know, it's generally I think they do a lot of it in the pregame anyway. Like, do you go into it wanting to base your game on a certain player? Do you mix and match everyone? I mean, how do you go into it prepping? I wanted to go on. I wanted to entertain. You know, um, I wanted to yeah, not just entertain. I wanted to make moves, and I was never my personality. I was never just gonna sit there and play the game of being quiet and hoping to get dragged to the end and then um, hoping that someone will vote for me. That was never going to be me. It was, uh, I always told myself that if, if I was at the end, and like I said if I, was, I said to you before, I wanted to make sure if I was at the end that I was definitely going to win. And you, to do that, you've got to make big decisions along the way. Um, like you, I'm a massive Brian Heideck fan. I've, I've got two favourite players. I think the, the best player, in my opinion, is Brian Heideck. The best player I think I like to watch is... Russell, Russell Hand. So to have him on my season, that was another thing. When you watch that season, you hear you hear that voice saying, "Oh, is that Russell? Is that Russell Hands?" That was actually my voice. That was me. I spotted him from the first bit when he was walking down the beach. We could see him from a long distance, and I could tell the walk, the hat, everything. And straight away, I couldn't believe it. Like massive Russell Hands fan. Here I am on a season with him, and then that's another thing. Like I always thought, uh, you know, um, I remember I had a back when he got screwed over in. Um, Season nineteen Samoa. I actually had a Russell a Russell got screwed T shirt <laughs> that I had. You know, so then to be playing with him uh, all these years later was unbelievable. Um, but you know, so I was definitely in that sort of um, mode of you know looking for idols um, and and making my own moves and not relying on other people. So yeah, yeah I mean, but you still got to play your own game. You still you still got your own personalities. You still every you know, and you're playing with different people. Yeah, you know, we we're playing with some you know, celebrities, I guess, and 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 I was in a season where there was a lot of similar type people, especially the males, which is not common, not always common in, especially the earlier seasons um, uh, of American seasons. So yeah, you got to, you still got to play to the conditions, I guess. When do you catch on that there might be something different about this season? Was there any sort of hints that there were? I guess, as you said, celebrities or that, or was that basically that beach scene? Because when you're sort of coming in, you're sort of, you there's only, what, 12 of you in one point. As a fan, I'm sure you're thinking, well, there's only 12 of us, there's going to be another tribe, and they're not near us. Like, is that how it looked on TV? Or did you see them straight away and go, oh, fuck, there's celebrities or something like that? No, we we knew it was, um, the, we knew it was champions going into it. Um, I think even in during the, uh, during the, the, um, early stage when people were applying, there was always out there that it was going to be a, a champion season. We didn't know what type of champions. We assumed that, you know, I think everyone guessed that there was always going to be a few sports stars and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, we, we weren't sure if there was going to be returning players. I think there was a few people thinking maybe you might see one or two returning players. We certainly didn't think there was going to be uh, Russell on the show, which, was, um, which I think was fantastic. I know he didn't do well, but to, to have him over there just for that exposure, I guess, for some U.S. audience and around the world was fantastic. But, um, yeah, we, we really didn't know what we expected. But I didn't recognise a lot of them. I'm a, I'm a rugby league guy, so immediately I, I realised, uh, recognised Matt Rogers, um, uh, Russell, the commando. But, you know, there was a lot of them I didn't recognise either. And even on that first night, we were speculating who they were, you know. Um, so, yeah, we, we really didn't know. Did you like that idea of the format? when you sort of heard about it? Um, look, I think I think it worked. I, If you ask me, which, uh, would I prefer to be on a season with just normal players? Of course. I think um, 
you know, I would definitely prefer just to be on it. On would have preferred to be on just a standard Survivor season. I think the problem with um, the champions versus contenders, I guess, was they had a lot of physical um, players on the champion side. Now, you look at this season coming up now. You know, we you sort of look at the um, the champions this this newest season that's about to come out. They're definitely nowhere near as physical, and I don't know whether that's um, deliberate or not. There was a lot of physical players in my season, but that meant that, that to be able to compete with them, we had to have a lot of physical players on our team. So we had, you know, Zach, an ex-gladiator. We had a um, Heath, seven-foot guy that was, you know, really fit. Um, Benji, a young fellow who's, you know, athlete, fit basketball player. Uh, and then Robbie, who could be, you know, be on men's health. I mean, to me, per- like, that's not a normal survivor tribe it's you you could probably do with just one of those type of players um and i think that's what i haven't watched the newest south africa season but i think it was season uh south africa season six they i thought that was a great great casting you know they had all different types of shapes sizes ages um yeah so i think i was unlucky in that as in that sense as well that i was me and steve we were clearly the odd two males out in that tribe and by a long way you know uh it makes it does make it hard which I'm guessing from the casting point is a deliberate point. You're mentioning a lot of athletes on the champions, so it's kind of like, well, we've got to kind of, I guess, give them a shot. I mean, we're looking at least with the leaked cast or whatever it is for, for the next season, on the Contenders Tribe, they've got an ex-AFL player, and yet they've also got an AFL player on the champion side. So it's kind of like, I don't understand why Sean Hampson is on the fucking Contenders side. Um, but that's another story. So, like, I, I kind of feel at least from looking at that aspect, that it's kind of like, hey, look at these bulked up, roided blokes who are going to take on Matt Rogers and, you know, the, the, the all these other people. Yeah, and look, I think, to be honest, I, I think it can hurt their games as well. I mean, you, uh, Zach's a classic example, I think. Um, Zach and I, I think Zach and I would have got along, would get along fine, and we do now. I think after the show... Um, we find out that Zach and I have got a lot in common. We never, I mean, we never got to share any of that on during the two days I was there. I think that's because it's that natural instinct to, to gravitate to what you know. So, you know, he's seeing these other fit blokes. Um, he's, you know, he's obviously he spends a lot of time in the gym. He's a personal trainer. He, he felt comfortable naturally gravitating to those blokes um, where if he didn't have those blokes around, he's got to then, uh, open up, you know, his horizon, meet new people, get talking, find other interests. Um, in the end, I think that hurt him. I think his biggest mistake was not was probably isolating me those five two those first two days. Um, you know, we would have got along fantastically, but he never he never I guess he never bothered to to look into that in those first couple of days because he you know he had Robbie there, he had Zach. They were you know I called them the bromance alliance. They really were like that. Um, they were in their little sort of community and, and they didn't, you know, they didn't bother about the, the unfit bloke or, you know, um, that, that probably would have played a lot better with them and, and helped them get a lot further. But, you know, I think that's the issue is, you know, I'm a big fan of all different ages. I think that's what I'm a bit worried about with the season 40 America, um, all winners, you know, there's, there's, they're all about, they're all very similar ages. Um, I'm a big fan of having, you know, a few in your early 20s. You know, I like a couple that are over 50, maybe even one that's 60, and, and all different shapes and sizes in between. I think it makes for better TV, and I think it makes for better gameplay because people have to step out of their comfort zone. I agree. I completely agree, and I think kind of it, it helps a lot of these certain types of players who are pigeonholed 
because of their age. Um, I mean, we see a huge problem in the US version, don't we, where you kind of got that middle-aged woman who will do very well and get to the end, and they're kind of pigeonholed as the mum who did things that they shouldn't be doing just because they're a mum. And, yeah, there are definitely aspects around other ages as well. Like, we see these 18-year-olds playing now who automatically say, well, I'm not 18, I'm 22, 23, because it's straight away perceived that they're not going to, you know, have that experience because they're so young. So, yeah, I I agree. I think that's a good point. Um, And, actually, I just looked at Zach. I didn't realise he was 39. I thought he was a lot younger than that so <laughs> well the thing with the thing with zach too yeah he, he is you know 39 he's probably 40 now um but uh the funny thing is he he didn't act like your 39 year old he, he could have passed for a 28 year old okay. you know just with his personality zach's a great bloke i've got a lot of time for zach but you know um i think i think with zach he, he, he went on there wanting to be the bad guy but also yeah he just he he, he had that comfort zone like i said with those other guys and and instead, of, you know, he let that get in the way, and um, and it's yeah, you know, and because he is that sort of younger guy, you know, he wears the you know the funky outfits, the flat cap, all that. He can talk about the bro talk, all that stuff. I mean, that that's not me. That's I'm a police officer. You know, I, I don't. That's not how I talk. It's not how I communicate with people. It, it's um, but yeah, so it, it was just a shame. It would have. It's a shame that they sort of had a lot of similar casting, but. They obviously needed that to be able to go up against the the champions, and we still fell short in the end. So, I've got to talk about your tribe in in general aspects. That um, again, nine episodes in, I may be thinking this is one of the worst casted tribes ever because I just I really am struggling to like anyone on your tribe at this point of the game. Um, you said to me off air that it gets better, so I'm trying hopefully to get better. But I mean. Is, is that an editing thing? Like, am I watching just based on an edit? Do you, do you feel that a lot of people in your tribe deserved better than what we got on screen? Because I'm really, as a fan, am struggling to get connected with these guys. Yeah, look, I think what hurt, what hurt the season initially was you look at the first four episodes of and who goes, you know. Um, I remember day one, we were... <laughs> Day one, and we were, I think it was day one in the afternoon. We're all sitting around on the beach. Um, we'd been trying to, you know, build our shelter and all that. And and uh, Zach actually called me out in front of everyone as being the Russell Hance of the Contenders Tribe. <laughs> now, as much as to me, as much as to me, that's a compliment. That is not what I wanted to hear um, on day one. And certainly, I didn't want to, to have that said in front of everyone. I mean, that 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 put a massive target. It was already on my back, but that put another massive target on my back. But you know, so I was on there to, to play hard. You know, Russell was obviously on there to play hard. Um, you know, you had Damien, from what I've heard, I don't know the bloke, but from what I've heard that he was he was prepared to make moves as well. And then you had Stevie who went out fourth, who was, you know, and a very eccentric guy. He was never going get to get to the end or win it. But, but, you know, he was prepared to go look for idols. We were the first four out of that season. So... You know, I, I'm not surprised that it got off to a slow start because when you lose four game players straight up, that's a big hit. Because let's be honest, not all of the cast in any season ever, everyone's out there for different reasons. They're not going to cast 24 game players. It's not the way it works. You know, you need players that are probably going to sit there and do nothing for a long time. It's just the way the game is, you know. You can't have this 24 crazy game players straight up. It's... It, you know, but um, so it, it took a hit early by having us four go, and I, I don't know if that's the first time four males have ever gone straight up. I I know it is for Australian Survivor. I'm not sure in in America it, it wouldn't happen too often. Um, 
but yeah, look, it definitely it gets better. I think a lot of people got a bit gun shy after seeing what happened to us four straight up, and were probably a bit scared to make those moves. Uh, yeah, it is a longer game. It's fifty days. It's not. It's not thirty nine. Um, you know, you look at AK from the previous season of Australian Survivor. He played hard and managed to get himself about twenty odd days in, and you know, he still didn't get halfway. Still didn't make the jury. Um, it's a it's a different game than the, than the American one. It definitely is. On that being a different game, because a lot of what um, people have criticised about the Australian Survivor, obviously a lot of people still criticise the 2002 version, and I still think that a lot of it seeped into the first Channel 10 season was that mateship notion that maybe Australians play differently because we have a different mentality to how the Americans do. I personally still feel this suffers from that slightly. I definitely think... There are definitely, like, you bench people like AK and people like that. They, they're they playing the game. You went into it playing a certain way. You know, I'm seeing that with Benji slightly now too. Like, there are obviously people playing this game, but do you feel still Do you still feel that Australian Survivor suffers that? Is that just an Australian mentality, that we're different to Americans and we're not going to quite play how Americans play? I think what it comes down to, I mean, for guys like me and you who are, who are massive fans of the show and have seen every season, for us, this isn't new. You know, this is 20 years old playing, you know, watching Survivor, uh, being involved in it. But for you've got to remember, for a lot of Australians, this is still new. You know, a lot of those players wouldn't have watched the last 18 years of Survivor. You know, they may have gone back and quickly watched a few seasons before they got on the show. But for them, you know, it's only the last couple of years they would have seen it on TV. It's all relatively new for them, you know, for, for probably a majority of those players. You look in the, you know, the early seasons of the American one, um, uh, there was a lot of mateship going on, you know. Um, you know, obviously season one, America, Richard Hatch, I mean, that was, they were not, no one really knew how to play the game. But season two outback, I mean, that was a massive mateship and it sort of got it gradually got better. So I'm hoping as these seasons go on, um, they start getting more players. I mean, that's what I found hard with. I got on that island thinking that, you know, people were, were knew the game, wanting to, you know, get themselves to the end, play hard, you know. Um, you know, I, I having the only two days and, and being voted out on that second night instead of the three days, I needed that extra day to get to know people, to be able to, you know, sort of get in there, you know, just, just not even about the game, just have a chat. Like, you know, Shawnee Fenella and and um, uh, especially Shawnee Fenella, I hardly got to to talk to them at all in in those first two days because we did we did a couple of challenges. They were being really quiet. I was only there for one night. Um, you know, they were playing a totally different game to me, and and that helped them get a long way. Were they ever going to win the game? Probably not. You know, um, I but but you know, they weren't playing hard. Um, they were playing that under the radar and. People were happy to let let that go. For me, that's a it's a concern when I see someone playing like that. I want them out if they're going to play like that because they will go a long way. But you know, not everyone saw it like that. You know, so you got to remember that. I guess everyone's playing different. It's. I mean, I'm I'm finding a lot too. I find it fascinating with some of the players. Their reactions, like um, I've just seen, uh, is it Tegan's just come back into the game and kind of yeah. The reactions around obviously you can understand you get voted out, you're angry. But it's kind of those reactions around, like, thinking that this is a new thing, that people shouldn't be playing this way. And I don't know if Tegan was a fan of the show or she'd seen the show, but to me it just comes from somebody who maybe doesn't know what Survivor is because this is the game. Like, this is what you have yeah. to do. So, again, don't know if Tegan was a fan or not, but it's, it's I find it surprising that some players still in the Australian version act like this is, oh, my God, I got voted out. What? Like, it's, it's odd. <laughs> 
Yeah, look, everyone takes it differently. And it's, it's funny, I guess, you know, you'd think that the fact that I only lasted two days, I think I'm the hold the record for the shortest amount of time ever on Survivor, other than Wanda and uh, <laughs> there was that young bloke that they, I think they uh, basically John, voted out. Jonathan, first, wasn't it? Jonathan, I think it was, yeah. yeah. They got voted out within the first couple of hours or whatever, but uh, that was a little bit different. But, um, you know, normally it's three days. I never got the three days. Uh, but... You know, it's so people would think that at the end of it, I would have been the one that uh, would have been, you know, hysterical and and all. This especially being a big fan of the show, but you know, I realised I got voted out and I, I I took it. You know, I knew well that's the game. And to be honest, they, they they're lucky they did get me out early because I was I was there to play. Um, I don't think they that's the reason I got voted out. I think they they sort of um, got a little bit lucky there. But um, but but yeah, I mean, some people lasted half the game, and I know still to this day, struggle with the way they played. And that's probably because they didn't make many moves in the, in, in the game. You know, you, you, at least I made moves. You know, I, I went and looked for an idol. I, I, I took the opportunity that I had, and it didn't pay off. It's not always going to pay off. There's been great players that have been voted out before jury, first, second. Um, I, I, a classic example, I look at um, Silas from mm. Season 3 Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, he, 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 he was dominating that season, got, a, got the first ever twist where they swapped tribes, and we've never seen him since. You know, out, I think it was day 15. Um, that happens in the game, you know, but you've got to, you know, I think when, when it's all said and done, if you can sit there and look back and say, hey, I gave it a shot as far as looking for idols or, or whatever it takes, you know, you probably sleep sleep a bit better at night. You know, it doesn't matter how many days you last, it's about how you play. And you leave the game a record holder, Matt. You know, you can say yes. that you have a survivor record, you know. That's, that's exactly. a positive thing. Um, just quickly, you, you made, your point made there before you said um, don't think it's ever been a season where four males have been voted out. Just quickly scrolling through, the closest I can see here would be Kagayan, where the first three were males. Um, so yeah. yeah, there's been a few where three of the first four have been males, but just not in that order, but in specifically, yeah, David Garrett and Bryce. Um, so that's the closest. And, and look, and, that, and it can hurt a tribe. I, I think, I think for, like I said, in the end, it left four, four really athletic, similar blokes together. And, you know, a lot of the girls were very similar as well. Um, um, it sort of, I think in a game like that, you need you need different types of personalities and different viewpoints. Um, so you know, having Stevie and I go the first two, it probably hurt a lot of other people's games. You mm-hmm. know, um, like I said, I think I think Zach's first mistake was was not you know coming to me in those first two days and and sort of trying to get something going. I, I, and I th- he's he's actually acknowledged that since. So I really do because. He didn't realise that we had a lot in common. He didn't even bother trying. Um, in the end, the two guys he went with, um, Benji and and um, and Rob, you know, turned on him, went you know straight away anyway. Um, so, you know, it's yeah. Sometimes it can hurt. You know, lose. It's all good staying with that type of people straight up, but it can hurt your game in the long run, and it hurt a lot of people. I I want to ask a little bit about you vote in a minute, but I mean, I going back to the Russell aspect. Um, obviously, your reaction, seeing him and everything. D- did you even get a chance to chat with him? Because you only what competed against him once in one challenge. Do you reach out to him after the game and like, hey, sorry I couldn't play with you, but big fan. Yeah, look, I I didn't get to chat to him in, in, in during the game at all. Obviously, um, when when we lost that first immunity challenge, he was he was standing on the edge. 
and I was standing on the edge of my mat. And um, as he walked off, he, he gave me a tap on the shoulder and said, good luck or whatever. Um, but um, maybe that was a touch of death. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, uh, he yeah, knew. That's a, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's the closest um, you know, I got to him on, as far as uh, meeting him on the show. And that, that was a big thing too. I mean, I think there was a chance to actually to put him on the contenders try, but I would have loved to have seen, you know, um, if they were if they were adamant about putting those four big guys from my tribe on the show, it would have been great to then see me and Russell together. I think you know they they you know they knew I was on there to play. Um, that's why I got on the show, and just to have two of us on there that were willing to play, it would have, I think it would have mixed things up a bit. Unfortunately, he was on the champions tribe, you know, and it didn't work out for him. But uh, look, I've had a small chat with him since, um, just over social media and stuff, and and that, but. Um, but, you know, it's at the end of the day, he's just another player, isn't he? As a Russell fan, though, what was your view on how he played the game? He went in with a massive target on his back. I mean, I've listened to a lot of stuff he's he's talked about since. Um, he makes a good point. Yeah, you know, he only got four four votes in that initial. You know, out of, out, of, out of twelve people, it's a it's a big tribe. Twelve people is a lot to try to convince to vote your way. Um, you know, it's not eight's a lot easier. You know. 10 in a try, but 12, that's a lot, you know. Um, in the end, he only got four votes, and unfortunately, he was, I think it was even with uh, Jackie, and then because he, he didn't vote for Jackie, he went to a redraw, and then he got out, and he, he left with the idol. But, you know, it's a thin line, isn't it? If, if, he, if he didn't get voted out that second try, if he went the way he thought it was going to be and, and one of the others were going to go home, he goes back to camp, he has that idol, and who knows what happened. You've you got to remember too, Ben, that... The champions had a pretty cushy ride for that first 32 days. You look at the eventual winner, Shane, you know, within the first 32 days, she only had to go to tribal council three times. In that three times, you had, you know, Russell, who was always going to be a massive target on the show. Um, You then had Damien, who was apparently, from what I've heard, it was was sort of Russell's right-hand man and had been sort of struggling a bit in the challenges. And then Moana, who asked to leave because she was sick so that's a pretty good run to have going into the jury to have 32 days i mean she on probably most other tribes she she knew this because she was looking for idols she was she was going to be in trouble she she, but even then she she went looking for idols and you've got to give her credit for that i think in the end that's why she won is yeah i can i'm happy with her win because she did when she knew she was in trouble she was prepared to make her own moves um, but some people have a lot easier run. I didn't have an easy run. I was at tribal council on night two. You know, um, it, it's a it's a lot different game, isn't it? Some people live on edge of extinction for thirty four <laughs> days and come back in and somehow win. Um, not still bitter about that season exactly. at all. Um, it's it's <laughs> the, the thing. The thing that I again, I'm not that far yet to see. You know, I've only nine episodes in and kind of. And wondering how Shane won when she decides to play an idol when quite clearly she's not being a target. Um, but the thing that I, I like to say about Shane is the closest to a Tasmanian player we've ever gotten on Survivor because she lives in Tasmania. That's still, right. Still to this day, the only state or territory in all versions of Survivor to never have an official representative is Tasmania. So just just pointing it out there. Uh, don't know <laughs> if there's day, a, a Tasmanian on this new season coming up. Probably not. Um, but I think one thing about the casting, I'll quickly say that, like, 
as a fan of of sport and Survivor and kind of like I was I'm a huge Lydia Lassila fan. Um, you know, obviously knew who Brian was, being more of an AFL guy. You know, we won premierships at Hawthorne and we hate them. Um, and you know, Shane Gould obviously is an Olympic fan. You know, knowing her history, it's kind of it, it baffles me to think that I literally watched a season of Survivor where Russell Hance and Lydia Lassila were on the same. Like you said to me. <laughs> Like, I interviewed both of them in separate capacities on separate shows years ago. And if you had yeah. said to me that, Ben, you just interviewed Russell Hance on this show, you interviewed Lilia Lassila on another show, they're going to be on a season of Survivor. They'd be like saying, well, Russell Hance is going to compete against her in aerials at the Olympics. Like, you just wouldn't believe it. Like, how is that yeah. possibly going to happen? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, uh, it is. It is. And, um, you know, it's. I'm probably with this new season coming up, I'm probably. You know, I, I'm, I would have liked to see maybe a few different. Um, you know, we, we've already we, we saw Matt Rogers last last season. He played a great game. You know, they advertised the shit out of him leading up to it. Um, you know, I don't know if I needed to see another. You know, another rugby league. But it's ET Matt. Iconic yeah, shark. My favourite player. I'm, I'm more of an AFL guy, but I know growing up as a Sharks fan, ET was my like rugby idols. I'm stoked for ET. <laughs> look, look, I'm sure he'll play well. I just don't know if right now I need to see him on the screen. You know, hmm. maybe the next season. I don't know. But you know what? If if we're going down the sporting. Uh, arena, why not someone like an Andrew Simons in from cricket or True. something just a little, you know, something a little bit different. Um, you know, thankfully there haven't been, you know, we we got so many um, adverts last year of Matt Rogers leading into the show. Uh, at least they're not quite doing that with ET this year, which is which is probably a, a good thing. Um, they're trying to mix it up a bit, but um, yeah, I don't know. I guess yeah, I would have liked to have seen a cricketer on there. I think, but maybe that's just because that's my favourite sport, but. Well, it's it's interesting, actually, because, I mean, I remember going into the first Channel 10 one, I was like, Lee's going to win it. Because at that point, we'd had two Australian seasons and a professional athlete won both seasons, right? So Lee becomes yeah. runner-up. Season four, we had, um, uh, what's her name? The Olympian, didn't we? Um, Kate? Not Kate. Oh, which is this one for? Uh, the one that Jericho won. Who was the... the she was... Um, was she oh, an Olympian? Who, who got to the end. She was a water... No, she didn't make it to the end, but she was the only athlete on that season. She was a water polo player, wasn't she? Oh, um, yeah, Ziggy. Ziggy, thank you, Ziggy. But then you look at Shane Gould. So three out of the five seasons have been won by former athletes. Uh, so you're going to be looking at uh, E.T., uh, Simon Black, uh, Sean Hansen. I, I mean, I personally probably the most excited of Steve Bradbury because I love that man. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I honestly I don't think he's going to make it that far if I'm being completely honest, but <laughs> I fucking love Stephen Bradbury. So oh, you, he, he, When I saw that he was on, I thought that was brilliant casting. Yeah. I mean, that having him is a, is a name everyone knows. Everyone knows his story, and it relates to Survivor, and it does relate to Survivor that some people do get – further in the game by people falling over or twists or, you know, and we all know what happened with him in, in the Winter Olympics when in the semi-final they all fell down, he won. You know, they final, they all fall down, he wins. And it's, there's a lot of, a lot can be said about Survivor that some games are played like that. Yeah. You know, they, they're about to be voted out and a tribe swap happens and all of a sudden it works in their favour and they're back on top. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think it's fantastic yeah, to see him play. I'm going to be interested. I hope he does well. So do I. Um, if, if I. I'm not a big reader, but if I recommend uh, his autobiography is actually very good. Like, he explains a lot 
about sort of, you know, as, as you said, people just kind of assume he's the guy who got lucky and won the gold because everyone yeah. fell over. But if you actually know his story and where he came from, I mean, this guy was a world champion. He was yeah. one of the best yep. and he had suffered so much that he just could not capture that gold medal. So he's famously always said, like, I didn't take that for two minutes of that race. I took that for like a 15-year career where I should have yeah, won absolutely. more. and you know, I finally got my break. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Great guy. Great yep. guy, Stephen Bradbury. Your, your vote out now, obviously we can talk a lot about the edit and everything along those lines. It's, it's sort of portrayed that Steve was the easy vote. You all of a sudden got paranoid. Boom, you went home. Is there a quick way you can kind of explain how that edit was different? I mean, was that exactly what happened? Was it just a case of paranoia and that was your hole? And what happened? De- definitely not paranoia. So I, um, I went into it knowing 100% that there was only two people getting voted for, and that was Stevie and me. So Stevie and myself. So, um, you know, and a lot of the footage that was shown of me was actually all in the last two hours before Tribal Council because I had to make a decision. You know, for the first day and a half, um, you know, I certainly I wasn't looking for idols. I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't playing dirty. Um, you know, I was, I was trying to get to know people. I was getting shut out a lot, you know, sort of, um, in a lot of the conversations, you know, when they're constant talking about keto diets and and and, and, and <laughs> gyms and and all that sort of stuff, and, and the girls, you know, when I say the girls, I'm talking about Anita, Shawnee, and Fenella. They were playing an invisible game. They were just staying to themselves, hardly talking to anyone, just amongst themselves. They'll stay, yeah, you know, they're staying under the radar. Um, so and. You've got to remember, there was limited time. I was only there one night. So, and in that time, we're b- building shelter. Uh, we're doing two challenges. Uh, the next morning, we we had a shocking um, uh, shelter, so we had to tear it down and start again. It all takes time. Um, there's not a lot of time to try to pull people aside. I'd pulled Heath aside about five times, and I was, I, you know, Heath was someone that I thought, you know, he was going to play a different game than me. But I thought actually that wouldn't be a bad thing. I thought he might be a bit of a a bit of a shield for me, and I actually thought it would be in his best interest to to distance himself a little bit from the bigger guys. He did eventually do that, um, but you know why not take the opportunity to, to team up with with someone else that you know is probably going to rely on him. But he he didn't, um, you know he he shut me down every time. And there's only so many conversations you can have with someone until you've got to look elsewhere. Um, you saw that I had a, tried to have a conversation with Zach just prior to about two hours before tribal. Uh, you know, he, he just had no interest. He, he you know, lied to me and said that, oh, Anita's the second vote. I knew Anita wasn't the second vote. She was never going to be the alternate vote. Um, you know, so it gets to a stage where you've, you've got to make a decision. And, and, and like I said, you know, there's some people don't have to make a decision until day 38, you know, um, or, or, or in, in survive, you know, in Australian Survivor Sense, it would be day 47. But for me, it was I had to make a decision on day two. That was unfortunately the way the game went for me now um i had two options i actually took a moment i, I remember it was about um yeah about a couple of hours out until we were, were going to tribal and and i went and sat down by on a on a palm tree by myself and 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 gave myself a minute to think about my two options one was to shut my mouth and hope that stevie didn't find that idol and hope that he was going to get voted out or go and try to find the idol first um and that way, guarantee that I was going to stay. The only problem is, if if I went looking for that idol, it meant I wasn't around talking to other people, and you know, another chance to sort of communicate with them. But in the end, I I was in a bad position. I, you know, I really felt that um, it was either going to be, you know, 
was either going to be a tie vote or that I might get one extra. Um, so I went looking for the idol. I didn't find it. Um, so going to that tribal, I hadn't had a chance to talk to anyone for about two hours. I, um, I suppose where I got it wrong, I was very surprised that it was actually the girls that voted for me. Um, I was thinking that that didn't make sense to me because Stevie was never going to be the type of guy that was going to be able to align with the girls. He, he had nothing in common with them. You know, he just, he was an eccentric guy. It was never going to happen. I, Anita, look, Anita's the one I get along with the most now. We never really got an opportunity to have a chat on the island at all. We had about one or two chats. Um, we get along fantastic now, you know, out of everyone on that tribe. Um, you know, but you've got to remember it was such a short time frame. I had to make a decision. So going into that tribal, yeah, I, I got it wrong as far as where the votes were going. Um, I still thought I was going to get the seven votes. In the end, it, it sort of looks like maybe I tipped over the edge with um, Zach and Heath and they swapped their vote at the last second. Yeah, it's, it's a tough call to make. I, I just didn't want to go out sitting there not saying anything. I thought, you know what, if I'm going out first, um, let's make it a memorable one and let's a bit of entertainment. And, and I was also trying to get a bit of confusion going on. I wanted them to think, hey, maybe he's got an idol, maybe he's got some special – because they knew I'd been looking in that last two hours. And, and um, yeah, I was trying to get a con- bit of confusion going and, unfortunately, it backfired and didn't work and I was first to go. I'm going to hit you with two quick heavy-handed questions and I'm going to lighten up with two fun questions for you. The first question for you, edit-wise, is it frustrating to watch that edit, how they portrayed it? Yeah, it is. Look, I, I, look, I had a gut feeling that's the way it was going to go down. There was probably a couple of ways they could have edited it. Um, you know, they obviously they clearly didn't show any of the girls, um, who, you know, talking prior to tribal about who they were going to vote for because you know it was always going to be me. As um, you saw in Paige's um, confessional, sort of at tribal, she she said, you know, this was a plan from day one. Um, you know, from what I've been told now, it was Stevie and I on day one were already um, in the group were, were already said they're, they're the first two getting voted. So, um, um, so yeah, it's just frustrating that, you know, I guess they really went down the paranoia edits. Um, but, you know, look, a year on now, I still can look back and, and, and be actually smile and have a bit of a laugh and think, you know what? I'm not sitting here a year on thinking, why did I do that? I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? I'm proud that I actually went and looked for that idol because I was in trouble. You know, it would have, I would have been more cut if if I didn't go look for it and then Stevie found it just before tribal and then I go home. That would have been terrible. So, you know, I actually, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with what happened. Afterwards, though, uh, in in prepping for this, Matt, it's interesting because obviously I didn't watch it live, so I didn't really see a lot of the reactions around it. But even sort of digging up some of these articles and reactions, and you know, you know, what was Matt thinking? Sort of all these sort of analysis one. But there's one in particular that stands out to me from the Sydney Morning Herald, where they're basically labelling you <laughs> as a sexist, and then you oh, even no. got um, the esteemed feminist uh, Clementine Ford commenting on you on Twitter saying, Matt, is every guy you met at a party who complains feminism has gone too far and women only date assholes? I mean, how, how is it getting reaction of, of that side of things? Because that seems a little bit skew if, I think, doesn't it? Yeah. Look, that that's the only thing, I guess, that, that tarnished my time on the show as far as that why... You know, why would someone in a game of Survivor, why would they go down that path? You know, if I had said something that was sexist or, or, or someone says something that's racist or whatever, fair enough, bring it up. But what what did I do? You know, I was a guy that was at the bottom or second bottom of, of the tribe going into day two tribal. Um, you know, I was um, trying my best to 
to, you know, get some confusion going. You know, I'd look for idols. Did, they didn't know whether I had one or not. Um, you know, the girls were being very quiet. I tried. You've you got to remember too, Ben, that, like I said, I thought the girls were voting, were definitely voting for Stevie. I was worried about the guys. I thought they were gunning for me. Um, so I did get that around the wrong way. But because, like I said, it didn't make sense that the girls would be voting for me. It just does To this day, it doesn't make sense. How they ever thought they would go further in the game with Stevie than me, it just it does not make sense. Um, I was trying to wake the girls up. I was trying to think, well, hang on a sec. I might have an idol. These guys are taking control of the game. You know, this is your chance to do something. I'm here right now. You know, wake up. Let's do something. I'll vote with you. You know, that's all I was trying to do, wake them up. And yet they still voted for me. You know, like... How did they think after everything I said at Tribal Council that I would walk that if I got through that tribal that I'd walk back and then all of a sudden want to be teaming up with Robbie and Benji? I mean, I just outed the shit out of them. You know, clearly do not want to work with those guys. They knew that those guys were in control early on, yet they still went and voted for me. You know, the girls still were, and I'm sure they look back and think that was a silly move, but whether they were scared to do anything, probably they just didn't want it to be them at that first trouble. And hey, that's fair enough. But you know, it did kill a lot of games as well, not just mine. Um, but hey, I added them, and it felt pretty good doing it. I, I'm wondering, did Clementine Ford tweet out after Zach was talking about women doing the dishes and things like that? <laughs> I would like to hope. I'd like to think she did, but you know, I think she needs to chill out a little bit. It's, it's a game of survivor, and you know, if, if if you can't speak up and say, hey, let's start playing the game, if that's yeah, yeah, if you can't do that, well, there's something wrong with, uh, I think, the people that are watching it. But, yeah. Uh, to lighten the mood, uh, the, the first question that came to my mind watching episode two, knowing that you and I were going to be chatting soon, was would you have gone naked with the bros in the water uh, at the beginning of episode two? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I would have been up with Heath and the, and the, and the rest of the girls. That, um, no, I think I would have just let them have their little thing and... Uh, let them have their fun. No, I'm not not that type of guy, you know. It's um, <laughs> I think that was it was a, that was a little bit was that a little bit strange to watch? Just a bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like straight away episode like boom into episode two and oh here's a bunch of bums. Uh, <laughs> Especially when we we hadn't really in those first few episodes after my elimination we didn't really see a lot of the contenders um, throughout those next couple of episodes. So yeah, to see that it was, I sort of admit it was a bit weird and um, it was a. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously they felt comfortable uh, going out and doing that. I'm, I'm glad that Heath decided not to do it. Um, <laughs> I think he made the right choice, but I'm good on him. Um, and, I mean, the obvious question, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but, I mean, even you just said to me that how you're at peace with things, you might not have even thought about this, but, you know, how do you think you would have gone had Steve gone that night? Do you think you would have gone in Steve's place or do you think you could have made it a lot further? No, I look, I honestly think that if 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 I could have got through that first that first tribal, um, especially Steve ended up having, I think, about 10 days. Oh, look, I, I, I could have done a lot in those 10 days. I, my personality, the type of person I am, and remember, you know, I'm a different size to, you know, different shape to those sort of guys. I mean, I'm I'm still an athlete. What a lot of people don't understand, I still play competitive cricket. Um, you know, I've played sport all my life. So a lot of those challenges would have, would have been down my alley. I would have been, you know, probably better at some of the guys that only sit in the gym all day pumping iron. You know, the, not all those challenges are just strength-wise. You know, there's a throwing, there's all different type of things. Um, but my key would have been that, uh, yeah, I would have got to get to know people like Anita, um, uh, Jenna. See, J- another thing that was unlucky for me. So I, the one night I was there, I, I slept next to Jenna. 
and the pillow I won, Jenna, Jenna ended up using the pillow that night. Uh, she had the least amount. She had no warm clothes, so that's how we chose who was going to get the pillow that first night. And and um, and I was next to her. And yeah, and so that night we were sort of talking. And um, you know, I think you, you sort of build a, a you know a little bit of a bond that first night. And the, the guys were they were in another corner talking and all that. But you know, when it you know when we get back and we're told after our immunity challenge and we lost and we come back, it's straight away we're told. By the way, tonight is is tribal council i wasn't ready for that because i'm being a big fan of the show i know it's always night three so i was like all right i got back and think well, i've got a day i've got a whole 24 hours here to start working on who i'm going to start working on which would have been the girls you know uh next second i'm getting thrown a, a curveball saying hey your tribal's in two hours hmm. i'm like holy shit you know like i've got two hours and there was no way i could have cracked those girls in that time like this wouldn't but for me, if I would have had 10 days, I can guarantee you right now, like uh, like I said, Anita and I, we, we get along like a house on fire now, you know, and and, and people like Jenna and, and even Heath, you know. Um, I got no doubt it would have been a totally different experience for me and I could have got a lot lot further in the game. But, you know, it, end up, it wasn't the case and I didn't get those extra days. Of all those people that you're saying you get along well with now, who, who just don't you talk to who who don't have don't have a minute of a time in the day for <laughs> oh look i mean at the end of the day I, there's no one i wouldn't sit back and have a beer with or or you know have a have a chat with but you know every we all live different lives we all um have different priorities in life i mean you know and, and i don't know whether that's got to do with the fact that you know i was only there the two days so i don't really know a lot of the people you know i met a lot of them you know chatted to at the reunion and all that but but, you know, I, I think probably got well, like Robbie and I, we live completely different lives, you know, like I, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, I think Robbie's a nice guy and, um, but, you know, are, are we the type that are going to be hanging out every Friday night? Probably not, you know, um, but, you know, Shawnee and Fenella, they've got their own little thing going, um, but yeah, I think that's that's you know every tribe's got that. Um, but yeah, I think for me, you know, Anita, Zach, yeah, you know, it's it's surprising who after the game who you realise you actually have things in common with, you know. And unfortunately, you don't always get to explore that in the game. Good, got a good career as a politician there, Matt. Good answer. Um, <laughs> I mean, just also just on back to the social media side of things, would like I for one would feel that it's easy to say. Don't read what people are saying about you online, but I think we've all got that curiosity. Do, do you sit there like the night you get voted out the day after, kind of going through Twitter, looking at the Clementine Fords and the other people, what they're saying about you, and how do you react to kind of what people are saying about you? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I think it affected probably family members, you know, and my partner more than it did me like some of them I actually had a laugh at because you got to remember these people they're, they're, they're watching an edited show um, they've edited in a way to make me look bad they don't know what went out there I'm, I'm sure if they actually saw what happened and you know realized hey and actually stopped and thought about it, like, hey he had the balls to go look for an idol when he was in trouble I mean not many people on my season did that um, you know uh, you know that's a ballsy move on day two to go do that you know but it's the easy option is for people just to bag you out, especially being a first boot. You know, I, I Ben, I got to admit, like I never went, I went onto that show never thinking that I'd be first out. I've never had problem. You know, I've never been in that situation where I'm, you know, at the bottom of a social group. You know, I, I get along well with people. You know, I'm, I am opinionated. There's people that certainly don't like me, and I've got no issue with that. But there's plenty of people that you know love having me around, love chatting to me. Um, 
so it was it was a kind of a new thing for me to be totally you know um iso- I, I was isolated in that first the, the, the time I was there you know no one no one ever came up to me and uh, wanted to talk um, about an alliance or yeah you know, and I and they can sit there during my trouble and say that no one you know Tegan said oh no one's spoken like that that was absolute bullshit I come across people in the in the bush while I was um, you know helping out and I've seen them do handshakes and it was obvious people had been talking um, but no one you know no one ever bothered to, to try to try to come up to me and, and when I would go up to them they would just fob me off and oh, I'll let you know if, if your name's coming up all that bullshit um, you know so yeah it's 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 a different experience for everyone but as far as the social media stuff, a lot of the stuff I, I it was actually just laughed and thinking, well, you don't know what happened, and and you know it's uh, it's all it's all a part of the game, isn't it? You know, people want to have their say, and and uh, you know, let them. As long as they don't get personal or you know too personal, uh, look, I've got no issue with it. Um, you know, if people think I'm the worst ever survivor, well, good on them. You know, but hey, you know, if they if they're out there and and they they're on the bottom are they going to have enough balls to go look for an idol? Are they going to have enough balls to try to get some confusion going at the first trouble? I mean, it's a gutsy move, Ben, to to have to go all that way, all those years of wanting to go on the show, all the process of getting on the show, and then to be sitting there on night two, knowing that you're a good chance of going home. You know, I don't, you don't wish that on any Survivor fan or player. There was two people that had that on my season. That was me and Stevie. Stevie was the one that ended up getting a lucky. You know, maybe I said a little bit too much. Um, it's you know I still nearly five people still voted for Stevie. You know after everything I said I still nearly scraped through. You know so you know what do you do? What about on the job? Do you like get halfway through an arrest and all of a sudden they're like, hey, you're that guy from Australian Survivor? <laughs> no, you know it's, it's funny. Um, I, I've never I've never been uh, <laughs> I've never been recognised um, whilst in uniform, which is good. Um, which is a good thing for me. The, the funniest one was I had um, just had just arrested someone and we were, we were walking out of the, the day room in the station and, and my season was on. We were getting towards the end of the season and the guy stopped and looked up. It was actually quite funny. He he looked around and, and there was a, about three other officers in, in, the, in the day room at, at our station and he looks around and he goes, oh, that season's getting um, shot in Samoa. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, mate, it's in Fiji. And he said, he looked around and said, mate, it's in Samoa. <laughs> And I was, I was just going to leave it at that. And then one of the sergeants actually looked at him and said, mate, he would know he was on the show. And the, just the look on the guy's face, the slow look around. And he looked at me, he's like, what the hell? So that was quite funny. That was quite funny. He's trying to tell me where the season was played and then realising that I was on the show. But, but you know, I, I don't get recognised very much. Occasionally I have, but um, I like it like that. You know? Is it also a case that I know sort of my brief time in Brisbane, I met up with Dez and Andrew and kind of, I know there's a, like a bit of a cool little crowd there of you sort of uh, Queenslanders. I mean, is that sort of something that you guys kind of got together, did some viewing parties, just sort of caught up with some of the other guys? Yeah. Um, it's actually funny. I was only, only two nights ago. I had a, had about a two hour conversation with Dez, you know, on the phone. Um, absolute great guy. Can I just interrupt you, know, you and ask you, does he call you up at like 11 o'clock at night? He used to call me <laughs> up at like fucking 11 o'clock at night. Ben, I've got a question uh, for you. <laughs> Yeah, no, we, we, were, we were watching the semi-final cricket, Australia, uh, um, England, and yep. and uh, he we were messaging, and I said, oh, I told him that I was planning to do an all-nighter to, to, to stay up and watch it, and it was I think it was about 9.30 at night, and he said, oh, well, do you, do you mind having a, if we have a chat, and <laughs> next second, I, think, I don't think we hung up until about 11.30, but, you know, it was awesome, Ben, we, we chatted all things Survivor, as you know, he's seen every season, he, he listens to a lot of podcasts, 
Um, yeah, he's played the game. He's another first boot, so I think we can relate to each other in a lot of ways. Um, and, uh, you know, it was actually awesome just to sit back and, and, and talk about the show. Now, like you, Ben, I and like a lot of other players that play the game that maybe um, either don't do too well, or even if you win, some players have a bit of a break from the game. Um, you know, I've, I've had a, a year off from from uh, watching the show, and that wasn't because I was cut about being first out or anything, but you've got to understand, I mean, the whole process to get on the show, you know, it goes on for about three months. It, it, it's a, it's, you know, it does drain you, you know. Uh, am I going to get the call back, you know? Um, am I... Am I you know, how am I going to go when I do the interview? Um, you know, then you've got to get all your medical stuff. You know, am, you know, am I going to be fine to go on the show? All that sort of stuff. And then you finally get on the show. Um, it, it takes a lot out of you. Then, you know, then to be voted out early, you come back. You know, I got on with my life straight away. You know, I, I took 10 weeks off from work. In the end, I was back within a week. Um, so I still had a lot of time off. I ended up going to Japan for three weeks with my mates and had, like, one of the best trips of my life. Um, you know, I got back with my partner who I hadn't been with for about a year. Um, you know, we're getting married next year now. So a lot of good things happen after I came back. You get on, you get on with your life. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, oh, sorry, I forgot where, where the actual question was now, but <laughs> it happens, um, <laughs> it happens, but yeah, so, so yeah, so you, you, you move on with your life and, um, but yeah, it is good to you know going back to talking about chatting with ex survivors and stuff. You know, you know just that 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 chat that I had with Des. Um, you know, two hour chat. It was awesome. And I, yeah, we were saying about having a break from Survivor. Um, it's only within the last couple of weeks. About two weeks ago, um, we we're on school holidays at the moment. My thirteen year old nephew um, came over and spent three nights with me, and we um, we end up doing an absolute Survivor bender. We watched Ghost Island. Uh, David vs Goliath, and of course your favourite, uh, Edge of Extinction, <laughs> and, um, and and you know what? It, it it's got me back into the show, and it's it's why today I'm here talking to you and keen to talk about the show. You know, I've realised it, it's to me it's got back to what I love about the show. You know, sitting there with your family or or your friends and and watching the show, talking about it afterwards. You know, critiquing everyone's game. You know, even me who was first out still critique people that lasted. You know. 30 days in the show, you know, what they could have done. But it's, it's human nature. But, you know, t- to be able to share that now with my nephew who's, you know, already talking about when he's 18 and wants to be able to apply for to get on Survivor, like, that's what I love about the show and that's where I've got the love back for it. Now, I, I, I always had the love for it. I just took a little break from it um, because it does take a lot out of you. But, hey, you know, here I'm, I'm can't wait for the new season of uh, Australian Survivor. I can't wait for 39 and 40 for the US seasons. And, you know, I've got the love back for it. It is, I think, interesting because you've had that break. I had that break. And I know plenty of people who have had breaks as well. And it's just, do you think there is just something around that, particularly with the US one, that we really have fallen into a bit of a trap when it comes to same-samey? Like you and I were talking a bit off-air about sort of, you know, the location aspect. We've talked about that in some of the last episodes over the few weeks about this, that it is really getting to a point now where it is hard to distinguish what season we're watching and things like that. And because it does seem to be a bit of a trend among some of these hardened Survivor fans that they're they're wanting to take a bit of a break for it. Or are we just, we've got too much now. We've got two US seasons, an Australian one, we've got New Zealand, South Africa. Like we're kind of Survivor overload. Yeah, my opinion with that is 
if, if for the hardcore Survivor fans, we don't want to miss out on on anything. Now, I know you haven't caught up with South Africa Survivor. I've only seen one season of South Africa Survivor. You know, I haven't watched any New Zealand Survivor. But, but you know, even just watching the Australian ones, the American ones, that's that's still a lot of Survivor. It's a lot of taking up your time. It's a lot of remembering people who played. Um, but but that's what we do as fans. You know, as fans, we, we don't want to miss out on too much Survivor. In the end, it can actually... It can hurt, you know, it can hurt because in the end, like, you start, well, what season were they on? What happened there? A lot of the same gameplay. Um, but I think that's why it's important for the show to, you know, I'm a big location guy. You know, I, I don't like this whole, you know, seven seasons in a row in Fiji. Um, you know, it looks like now the Australian Survivor, you know, they did the first two in uh, Channel 10 ones in Samoa and now they're um, doing these two in Fiji. You know, like... I hope they don't just continue down Fiji, you know. Uh, I My favourite season of all time, season three, Africa. That, that, that season changed my life, absolutely. Now, you know, not only was it a, it, it's an old school season, obviously no idols or anything like that, but the location, I mean, who couldn't sit there and love watching, you know, um, Ethan and Lex take those two goats into the little village and, and try to sell them off or Lex and Tom doing the hot air balloon ride across the Masai Mara at Governor's Camp. Yeah, That's something that I actually was – after watching that, I went and did it myself with my brother. We went to Governor's Camp in Kenya and we did the hot air balloon ride just like Big Tom and, e- and, and Lex did. Um, you know, things like that. You know, the Marquesas, you've got Thailand. Uh, to me, you know, and I love Africa. Like, so when the to- uh, when Gavon came on, you know, a lot of people didn't really like that season. But you know, once again, the location. I I'm big on that, and that's how I remember a lot of the seasons. You know, and 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 it, it did it changed my life. I, um, after you know, I never travelled at all, and then since since watching season three Africa, uh, I've been to seventy nine countries and travel you know travelled all over the world, and and I still to this day put it down to to that season of watching and just being in awe of like. You know, there's more. There's more than just you know living in Brisbane and and going to work and going to the same club you know every weekend. You know, there's there's so much more to the world. And and Survivor gave that to me. I actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I I found an interview with you on a littlegreybox.net where you brought yeah. up about <laughs> uh, seeing uh, Africa and kind of doing that because I, I mean I'm 100 percent with you. Uh, I'm I'm a location man, and it's. You know, it, it's been a long time, obviously, since we've really had that focus. Um, and it's kind of, you know, there's a question of, well, where would they go that they haven't been to? But, you know, you've got to look at aspects of we've never had a European season before. So there could be like yeah. a Greek island or something like that. You know, even just shove them out in Texas or something like that. Like do a domestic season where you could do something like that, Hawaii or something along those lines. And to me, still, uh, I would I would be an advocate for a cold season. I I know it's not a popular thing out there and it probably wouldn't work, but hey, they did it on one of the Swedish or Norwegian ones. Why not give it a crack? Sure, you're not going to get them in bikinis, but, you know, I'd still watch it. Yeah, and I think the thing is with the location, that can be just as big as the theme of the show for that season as it is with these, you know, hustlers, healers, you know, heroes, whatever it is, you know, all those sort of fancy... Uh, you know, champions versus contenders, all that. You know, just having a theme of the show. You know, su- you know, Survivor Angola, or mm. yes, yes, wh- wherever. You know, um, Survivor Ghana. Anyway, like that. That's that to me is just as big 
um, of the theme as it is of one of these fancy sort of names for the, you know, Extinction Island or or Idols, uh, Island of Idols um, that we're, that's going to be next. Um, I'm a bit concerned about that season. But Sorry, uh, just, just you say these things out loud and you realise these are actually things and you just can't help but laugh. <laughs> but yeah, that lo- location and casting are my two things. When I say casting, I like uh, an array of ages, uh, social status, uh, shape, sizes, you know, ethnic backgrounds, everything. That that to me is Survivor, and that's why I still say watching South Africa season six is just, to me, that was the first season I watched after playing the game, and I sat there thinking, oh, put me on that season. Like, that's the season I wanted to be on. Um, and, you know, I just hope we don't stray away from that too much. Which, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I would say we probably have, just with the fact that if you... Like, think about Borneo, for example, and that, A, how successful it was, and B, the casting of that. You're never going to have that. You're never going to have, nah. what, like three people over the age of 60, uh, you know, yeah. a, a well-rounded, naked gay man, you know, like a, just a kook who points out flying fish and just like just you think of the the level of what made this show a success and i understand that we've we've talked about it constantly a show can't remain the same for 20 years you have to develop for better or for worse and there is a reason why survivor at its core has lasted for 20 years it's still the standard show of putting a bunch of strangers in a location voting them out competing for challenges it has to adapt to the times but I think there is definitely something, and I, I feel you're the same as me, having binged three seasons very close to each other where it's very hard to pinpoint certain players on what seasons because 80% of these people are mid to late 20s, attractive, they look great in a bikini, they look great with their shirt off. And it's, you know, it's the ones who stand out that aren't like that. It's your Dominics, it's your Wendells, it's, you know, it's it's people like that, your Devons. Um, why am I going blank on the really cool, quirky guy from... Um, uh, 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 Christian. Christian. Christian, thank you. Thank you very much. Like, it's, yeah. it's these people that are standing out, and there's a reason behind that, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not to take away from the middle eight, middle 20s guys cause we got, and girls. Like, we've got great players in that, that basket. But it's... We see enough of that on scripted television. Everyone looks perfect and beautiful. Reality TV is meant to kind of be the thing that's not that. <laughs> you know, I, well, I don't see people yeah. like myself on reality TV that much. And that's kind of, uh, you know, like you, you want to see someone that you can relate to. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the beauty about, I think, having all different ages. You know, you, you never know. Um, you know, when you see when you see the fifty-five year old or sixty-year-old, you know, you, you know, we all know that in the very first season, you know, Sonia went first, you know, and then BB, and and it went on like that. But times have changed. It's, you know, you, you look at, um, you know, the, uh, some older players. Look at Big Tom. Big Tom. Hmm. The, the times he's played, he's he's got a long way into the show. You know, almost to the end. Um, each time he's played, um, you know. That's what I want. That's what I like to see. I like to see. You never know. You know who's gonna. Yeah. You know. You don't just think. Well. Yeah. Is an older player gonna go further in the game, or are they gonna be first out? You know. Um, the younger player. Are they gonna team up with an older player? Are they? Gonna, yeah. yeah it's, when you put them all in the same sort of eight-year bracket, age bracket, it sort of it gets a bit gets a bit confusing. Well, this is maybe where like 
we need to give credit to Australian Survivor, though, if you kind of analyse it to a point. Because you look at who's won since it's come back from Channel 10. You know, we had Kirsty, who obviously, you know, sort of a younger, you know, innocent female. Um, Christy, Kirsty, which one was it? Chris, <laughs> Thank Christy. you. You sort of had a look in your face like I was saying the wrong yeah. name. I knew it was one of them. My boss is Kirsty, so I'm getting that, you know, anyway. Then you had Jericho, kind of like this quirky sort of Asian dude who's like really out there and awesome and great, energetic. And then you got Shane, kind of like an older female who kind of beats that trend. And if you look at the US one, we've had, what, four or five seasons in a row now where it's just a man who's won it. Um, yep. It's kind of – and like, look – you and I have had conversations, I know, on Facebook, and we can talk about some of these, you know, sort of criticisms easily of Australian Survivor, which I think so many people are blind to who are the ones who are saying, like, oh, it's so much better than the US version. But I think at least, sure, the casting is definitely not perfect on Australian Survivor, but when we look at who's winning these seasons, it is slightly different. Look, I absolutely love that Shane won my season because... Not only, not only was she the oldest player, and I think in history now the oldest player that's ever won. Um, yeah, she brought a lot to the show. She was good in in obviously the swimming challenges. She looked for idols. She was she was prepared to make big moves. Now um, that just shows you that you don't need a twenty eight year old, you know, in a bikini or a twenty eight year old that's been to the gym every day of his life um, to rely on to. To, to run the game, you know, um, or to be the, the highlight of that season. Yes, of course, you're always going to want them in the season somewhere. You don't need a whole bunch of them. Shane winning was fantastic. She she earned she earned, to, earned that victory and she played hard. And, you know, she got someone to take a 62-year-old lady to the end with that, that in itself. Like, I can tell you right now, if I got to the end, there's no way in hell I'm taking a 62-year-old that looked for idols, you know, was in the Olympics in the 70s. Like, I wouldn't take that type of person to the end um, because, you know, you sort of think, well, there's a good chance they're going to win. Um, but, you know, times are changing as well. I mean, you know, with so many idols and to me there's a, a massive – we rely on, relying on too, too much of idols these days, um, not just, you know, in America but in Australia. Um, you know, you look at my season, you're probably up to the episode now where after I left, there was basically, on my tribe, there was no looking for idols or anything. Um, in the end, they found an idol in a in a, in a clue in the flag. You know, obviously that wasn't there when I was there, so I don't know where it was in the first 10 days or whatever. But, but, um, but yeah, just, just to have an older player go out and play hard, it's, it's fantastic and it shows that, you know, we need more of that. I know, I think in the next season of... Um, the American one. We've got a 61-year-old that's going to be playing an ex-NFL player. Is he, is he, no, uh, NHL, the, sorry. No, he's the um because he's the dude I'm excited for because a he's a 61-year-old. First time we're going to have all four major sports being ticked off now with an NHL player, and he's the first Canadian. So you know I'm that's pumped right. for that. Yeah. Oh, and I, I'm I'm fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see to see that. I, I do like the older players. Um, I just think they always make for for better seasons when you've got a bit of a mix, and, and and I guess that's why I'm a little annoyed with the um the all winner season coming up. I mean, the, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about this anyway. Well, I, but I was going to bring that up because I found it interesting you brought that up because I for one like the fact that like, I get what you're saying, like how they're kind of all the same age, but to me it's kind of interesting that this is going to be obviously the oldest combined cast. But I think kind of what I view it as is that a lot of these people in our minds are young still. Like when you remember that Amber's basically going to be 40, you don't picture Amber as being in her 40s. Boston Rob, 
I mean, the guy looks like he's aged quite significantly in those Idol of the Idols <laughs> thing. So, I mean, again, he's sort of like, I'm going to find it fascinating to see how that kind of plays out, the age aspect with these winners. That's right. But have you noticed so the, the few of the, the winners they left out? So you've got Tina. They left her out. She would, she's 58. Uh, Richard Hatch, 58. Bob Crowley, 68. Vesepia, 53. Brian Heidek, 51. We don't have any players on that season that are over 50. Yet, you know, I've just, just named five winners there that they've left out all over 50, one over 60. That That's surprising, you know, that they that's wouldn't at least put point. two. It is. that Why they wouldn't put at least two of them in? Like, you know, it, I don't know whether any of them didn't go on there because of health reasons or not. I'm not sure, you know. I, as much, I mean, Bob Crowley, 68. If he was able to play the game still, I mean, I'm not saying that I loved watching him play, but how good would it be to have an ex ex-winner, 68 year of age, go out there and play with Boston Rob and, and those type of players. Like, what was to Rudy? me, that would have been... Fat- Rudy was 74, 75 Rudy, all stuff. Yeah, he, he was... Yeah, he was... Uh, yeah, because I think he was 72 or something when he played the first season or 71, but, I mean, he never won. Um, but, but yeah, we, I think he's he's the eldest still that we've ever had, as far as we, I know. We, who was it? We had... Um, was it Korong or Millennials? Um we had somebody in there. He was the ex-FBI dude. Was he not in his late 60s, early 70s? And he, he... Yeah, I think there was one that came close. Mm. Yeah, no, but like it's, it's actually interesting. I've not thought about it that way, Matt. So that's actually very interesting you raise that. And I think kind of, I mean, I know we discussed about sort of certain casting and they've got to tick, I think, a few of those kind of, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like diversity boxes. So like to me, like the older female slot went to Denise. So like to me, they had to choose yeah. between Denise and Tina. Um, so that's kind of, why I'm thinking that Tina didn't make it because she was on the cast. Basically, the ones who were essentially looked like they were going to be on but were cut last minute were Mike and Tina. They were basically all on a plane and then they were seemingly cut at the end. So, um, but that's very interesting because, like, yeah, Richard, you, I mean, you don't think of Richard Hatch as being 58 years old. No, no. And, and that's what when I, when I had a look at that, it's just, it, it, because I was, I, was, I was trying to work out why those players weren't on the show. And then when I, looked at their ages and saw that all of those players are over 50 and not one other player. I think Denise is the oldest at 48. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of, it sort of um, made me look at it and think, oh, that, that's, that, it is interesting to think that not one of those players that are over 50 got asked back. Because Sandra would be in her early to mid 40s, would she not? And Boston uh, Rob would have to be in that bracket too. Uh, 44 and 43. So Sandra's 44 and Boston Rob's 43. Um, and Ethan's yeah, so we, in his 40s now too, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Ethan's 45. Wow. We've got Yule, Yule, Yule is 44. Wow. Tony, so you don't think of this. Tony, is he's 45. Jeez. Wow, no, you don't think yeah. of that, do you? Uh, he's Far one of the out. oldest players. He's actually, the uh, I think, the second oldest player in the game. Um, so is Wendell or, the he, youngest he, 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 or is Adam the youngest? Uh, no, I think Adams. Um, let's have a look. Adams twenty eight, and who was the other one you said? Wendell. Oh, uh, Nick is twenty eight. Oh, Nick, of and, course, yeah. Yeah, no, Wendell's thirty five. Gee, he looks good for his age, doesn't he? Yeah. So Jeez. it just yeah, Sophie, Sophie from South Pacific. She's twenty nine. Um, she's still only twenty nine. Oh, god. Yeah. Michelle's <laughs> the Michelle's the youngest female at twenty eight. So I mean, Whew. but you, you see what you see what I mean. So we're we're yeah. we're basically looking at the age bracket from twenty eight to forty to forty eight, and that's only one that's forty eight. So really forty five to to twenty eight. It's it's not a massive, you know. Like I mean, I'm sure it worked, but yeah, I'm just 
they they missed an opportunity, I think, to get to get a you know a player that's either you know, near sixty or. Yeah. I mean, it's. I I wonder if they're scared because of Nicaragua and the perception that that wasn't a good season and kind of how that turned out because we obviously had the sort of the old versus young and even then though like the old side of things. I mean, wasn't um Tyrone on the. Yeah, no, like he was barely on the cusp of the old young tribe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's um, yeah, because you you often wonder about these sort of, sort of things because to me it's a fairly standard thing that you can look at an age thing because they only generally seem to go now for you cut off around the mid forties, don't they? And it's generally yeah. female. Like it's it's even rare, I think, to kind of get an older male, so to speak, since thingo in Millennials Gen X or whatever season it was. Yeah, that's right. And uh, but I think that's why I, I, there hasn't been a lot of talk about season thirty nine, uh, Island of the Idols. But when I saw that there's this there's a sixty one year old, I think there's a fifty eight year old um, lifesaver female on on there. Um, uh, so when when I started seeing those ages, I was like, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this next season. I, I'm a bit skeptical of this whole advisor. You know, do I need to see Boston Rob and and Sandra on again? No, I do not. Especially if I'm then going to have it shoved down my throat the very next season. Um, you know, I would have. You know, if they're not going to bring Richard, Hatch, I mean, to me, there's there's two there's legends, and then there's two icon players. To me, Richard Hatch is an icon player. He first winner. You know, he was a. You know, he worked out how the game's meant to be played, and he won. You know, then you've got someone like a Russell Hans who changed the game. You know, with the idols and all that, like. There's the first sort of 19, 20 years, and then there's post post that. They're, to me, they're the two players that had the most influential um, gameplay, I guess, on the actual game itself. Um, but to have, yeah, to have advisors, Rob and Sandra, on a season on a season where they're just about to come on the very next season, maybe that was a little sweetener deal to get them on that season forty. Probably they're getting paid some money. They're getting oh, some coin. Um, because particularly, particularly when you look at Boston Rob, who was adamant that he's done, never playing again, and here he is, basically for what seventy six days away from home, and then you got to add Amber into the mix too. And don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled that they're both on together. I would have been disappointed if Amber wasn't on the winners with Boston Rob. But I mean, they've got like thirty eight kids with Rose in the middle, you know, like just looking <laughs> after them. That's where we were joking about. I think having like Tina Wesson as a reality show, like babysitting the the Boston. And Rob kids or something like that, like, <laughs> spin-off of Survivor, like having I don't know Tina and Richard Hatch looking after the kids while Amber and Rob are away. Although it also would be very poignant if they met and met, got married from All Stars and then they got divorced after season forty. So <laughs> nice yeah, little be a <laughs> <laughs> He announces the divorce at the uh, reunion show. Yeah, because I still think Survivor actually doesn't it hold a better record of keeping couples together than The Bachelor ever has. I think that that yeah. legitimately was a record for it's, a while. It's not not surprising. Yeah, well there you go. I mean, who out of the winners? While we're on the topic, who are you most excited for? Uh, that are going to be actually playing on season forty. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ethan. Ethan Ethan's a funny one because, like like I said before, it's my favourite season ever. So to see him coming back, I mean, it was a for me. It was, as soon as I heard there was a winner season, the first thing Ethan like got to be on there. Uh, he's older now, but. You know, the game's changed a lot. He won that season, season three, and he never got a single vote cast against him, you know, and he got to the end and then got the votes to win. Um, you know, can you do that in this day and age? Probably not. You you look at the last three seasons we've had, um, 
I, I hate the final three. It's got to go. I should go back to final two, like it is. I think um, with okay. Australian Survivor and, and the older ones. Uh, you know, the, the last three seasons we've had um, the top three. There's been one person that has not got one vote. That's the last three seasons of the US Survivor. Out of the three, yeah, there's been one that has not got one vote at all, uh, which was uh, Laurel, Angelina, and uh, whoever it was on the last season. But, um, yeah, so that tells me something now. But Ethan's got it. Yeah, can he win getting, you know, look at Edge of Extinction with, with Chris coming back and only playing, I think he only actually spent 11 nights on the actual real island. He was on there for like 13 days, but as far as nights go, he was on 11, 11 nights. Um and beat Gavin, who also never got a single vote throughout the whole show. So he played basically the same way as Ethan played. Ethan wins. Gavin loses against a guy that was on on for 11 nights. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see Ethan come back and and play. He's going to have to change it up. I don't think now you can get to the end and, you know, get to the end and win by just, you know, I'm not saying Ethan didn't do anything in that season, but... You know, you're going to probably, if you're playing hard, you're going to get some votes along the way. And, you know, if you're getting to the end, especially in that season and not having a single vote, there's probably a good chance you're not going to get the victory. Which is why, as an All-Stars fan, still, don't hold that against me, people, um, that I'm always impressed with Ethan's short run in All-Stars because I feel that doesn't get credit that it deserves because different kettle of fish obviously the first all-star season with the winners like they're always going to be going early no matter what it's obviously not quite that way now when we have returning player seasons but you know for Ethan to be able to I I felt Ethan changed up enough of his game to last how he did and kind of do what he could do on all-stars in a very difficult situation Um, and I know when we've had him on the show in the past we've talked a little bit about that so um, yeah, I, I'm, it's, to me, as I constantly keep saying, I, f- I feel it's so hard not to get excited about season 40 on just the level of storylines and the level of gameplay that we can have, because you are mixing so many errors of Survivor and so many different play- ways of winning. Like, it's just, you know, who's going to go out and just balls to the wall and just like, fuck it, I've won before, who gives a shit? And, you know, there's the whole legacy thing of thinking that, you know, I can go out and win the ultimate season, beat all the winners, and I've got that trophy or, you know, like it's just there's so many potential storylines here that to me just are so interesting that it's just so hard as a Survivor fan not to get excited about season 40. Absolutely. I think one that that really that I'm going to be interested in watching is is Natalie's game. Mm -hmm. Um as we know on her on her season that she won, her her twin sister was identical twin sister was voted out first. So to me, that holds I think think something special for me as far as I always say there's a thin line to be to winning and losing the game. There's a thin line from being voted out first and being crowned the greatest player of all time. A very thin line. I think you know, I honestly think until you actually play the game, you don't really get a true sense of how true that is. Um, here we've got, you know, two identical twins. One gets voted out first, one goes on to win. You know, that's, that's, that tells you right there how, you know, how easily your game can go wrong, you know, or, or if you have one lucky break, you can win. So I'm definitely keen to watch her in season 40, you know, especially if she was the first out. Like, so her sister's already been first out, she's won, but if, if she goes on and, and goes out first, you know, what does that say? Who knows? You know, you, you draw your own conclusion, but... Yeah, definitely keen to see how she goes. Um, probably one that I, I'm a bit, bit not looking forward to watch. Uh, this might come as a surprise, but um, Tyson. I actually forgot he even won. 
Honestly, You're not the I'm, only one. <laughs> I, I, he's, wait, I think he's played three times. Um, yeah, he won on his. I'm, he's I'm, the only player ever to win on his third time, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I, did, you know, this might be bad for a guy that loves Survivor so much, but when I saw him on the list, I actually had to Google I'm like, what what season did he? I, I never remembered that he actually won. So yeah, then I was like, oh, that's. I, I do remember. Well, as soon as I Google, I remembered. I remembered that's right. He won, but. Um, I think it was a uh, blood. Was it blood versus water blood versus or something the first like that? Blood but, versus water. Yeah. Yeah. With Jervis and Monica. Um, but yeah, to be honest, do I, he's another one. Do I need to see Tyson on the show again? Probably not. <laughs> he's. I mean, look, I've never been a Tyson fan. He's easily one of the ones that I'm. I'm least excited to seeing again. Um, I see the entertainment value. He can be yeah. fun, but um, look. In pre, I haven't ranked the winners in a few years, but I know he would. He never really made my top half. He was kind of middle to high, bottom half. Like he did what he did, but I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, you win on. This is where it's always tricky to kind of rate things and do this because, like, you know, how do you compare someone winning on their third time to somebody who's a hundred percent? You know, like from oh. one from one, it's kind of it's it's. But like, it's just Tyson. It's like Boston Rob, I feel, is easy to analyse because he's all or nothing. Like, in four games, he's either gotten to the end or he's basically gone pre-merge. Like, he's, he's all or nothing. Whereas Tyson, it's like, how do you analyse him? And even the type of season he won was a very tricky one to analyse because blood versus water seasons with returning players and non-returning players, it's, it's an odd one to kind of analyse, isn't it? I'm glad you brought up about how, you know, Certain players are hard to really get an understanding of how good they are. I mean, Boston Rob, everyone goes on about how good he is, how he's the best and all that. But a lot of people forget that, yeah, he didn't even make the jury in my cases. His first season did not even make the That's right. So out of the four seasons he's played so far, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, two of them he's got to the end, two of them he he didn't even make the jury. But, yeah. It's it's a hard one because I think that's where where I look at myself or think about myself. I'm like, well, I got voted out first in my season, but you know, if I somehow ever got to play the game again, who's to say that I don't win next time? You know, like you just don't know why. We always look at it that players who have won and they come back and then they get voted out first or second or first out of their tribe, like Tony and Tina. You know, Russell has happened to him twice now. Um, not that he ever won, but you know, got to the end. But we never look at it from the other point of view as, well, what about the players that got voted out first or first out of their tribe? You know, how do we know that if they didn't get a second shot that they wouldn't win or get to the end or play a game like you've never seen before? It's a thin line. Very thin. And, I mean, the classic case of that is Tina. Like, I mean, again, it's hard to analyse the fact that she was first boot in All-Stars because, again, winners are always going to go first. But comes back blood versus water, plays a fantastic game, gets to the final four. Um, yep. you, you know, like there's so many of sort of these players who ultimately go on to win these All-Star seasons that you never picture. Like, no one predicted Amber was going to win. She nah, won her nah. season. You know, you, you look at – I mean, even Sandra to me is – this is where it was frustrating when we did our 35 hours of ranking all the contestants of, what, 440 at the time because, like, we basically spent 35 hours coming to the one obvious answer. And, like, I love Sandra to death. She's a great character. She's a fantastic human. She, The way she came out in Game Changers and surprised the shit out of so many people about how she played the game and everything, I probably got more joy in entertainment watching her play and get voted out early in Game Changers than I did in the first two because, to me, like... It's all well and good to turn around and say, well, she's won twice. That automatically makes her the best player. But take both her wins separately, and you're not going to rank any of them in the top 10 of a win. And yeah. it's statistically speaking, she's the best player of all time, at least pre-game changes, because, you know, she now has a... She's not 100% anymore. 
But like, this is where I find it tricky to, to fully come out and just say two from two, she's automatically the best because I don't think survival works that way. It's, it's not cricket, you know, it's not Shane Warne taking, you know, 700 wickets makes him the best bowler of all time. You can maybe yeah. use a bit more weight in that. This is survivor. And as you said, there's such a fine line. Between, JT, to me, is a classic example of that because JT gets derided now for two subsequent games after token chains of having made terrible moves. And, like, <laughs> that to me is just bullshit because each of those moves on paper might be bad had either of them gone the other direction. Exactly. Like, best moves of all time. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is frustrating. I think another thing we've got to remember is everyone's got their everyone sits at home watching TV and they've got their own style of how they want to play exactly. or how they think they yeah. would play. I had mine. I'm a, you know, I'm a type of guy that, you know, I want to Russell and Tony. They're the type of players I like to sit on my couch and watch play the game. That's the type of game I wanted to play. It's just the way that I I believe Survivor should be played, but that's not the case for everyone else. You know, if you're a if you're a middle, middle-aged um, you know, lady mother who you know at home and you're normally looking after your kids whatever you might want to play differently or if you're a 20 year old gym junkie you want to play yeah everyone's got their different ways of playing so there's there really is no right or wrong answer at the end of the day it is about entertainment and i want to see the entertaining players go well i don't really want to sit there and watch someone that that doesn't say much you know says anyone but me you know as sandra does you know i to me, that's not what I want to watch, you know. But hey, some other people might might think that's a fantastic strategy. It's one of it's one or two million dollars, so you know it's probably not a, not too bad of a strategy. But do I do I like watching that? Am I looking forward to seeing her on my screen the next two seasons? No, it doesn't do it for me. But you know, I'm not everyone. I'm a one person. And that's the thing. That's what I always like to say in this show, that like in this beautiful world of survival, we can sit here, we can talk, we can analyze for hours, we can give our opinions. At the end of the day, that's all they are. They're opinions. There's no right or wrong answers when it comes to discussing yeah. things like this. And that's the beauty of a show like Survivor. Like we're not sitting here on the fucking Bachelor Oz talking about like, wow, well, he didn't give a rose to someone. So that means he's a... Fuck, I don't even know how that show works. <laughs> <laughs> but you, 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 yeah, that's right. But you look at me, Ben. If I, if I find that idle in, in just before tribal council on my my in my season and i um and i play it all of a sudden and and i would have got voted out and i play the idol i found it all of a sudden you know i'm a i'm a i'm a oh what, what a play you know what a, what a great start to the season um you know and so easily can go the other way you know if i find the idol it's a great move um yep. so yeah, everyone's got their their different ways i guess to quote the esteemed Colby Donaldson, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. And <laughs> here we are. I don't know if that didn't really relate into it, Matt, but I felt like saying it. You um, to say it. I just, you know, I always feel the need to quote Colby. Why not? Um, just, I've got, we've got some listed questions. I want to get to some of these because, you know, we're obviously just sort of ranging around the topics because I think with our listener questions, some of these can cover a few things off too. Uh, and a lot of these often get answered throughout this. And to anybody who's listening who obviously sends us in the listener questions, thanks. We always appreciate it. Uh, we always try to let you know before we've got an interview or a certain episode for you to get these comments in. And some of these are obviously very long-term listeners. You'll hear from Granny Survivor and all the regulars, but... Uh, Ray, uh, actually asked, this is more related to, I guess, our former show, Survivor Oz, is what was your favourite Survivor Oz interview, or favourite Survivor Oz interviews, plural? Uh, absolutely. So, I didn't even know about podcasting about four years ago. Um, when, you know, I was a massive fan of the show, but, you know, I didn't know about podcasting. It was when 
uh, the Channel 10 started up the new season of Survivor and there was applications open. I thought, oh, fantastic. I got a chance. And, and Brian Heideck is always my, my favourite player of all time. And I thought, I got on YouTube and I was like, oh, I wonder if he's ever done interviews. I'll listen to him, see you know, about what he's got to say about the game. And typed him in and up comes Survivor Oz Brian Heideck interview. I'm like, oh, what, what's, what's this? Didn't even know about Survivor Oz at that stage. And um, listened to his interview. I'm like, how good is this? And then, of course, I find out, oh, hang on a sec. This Ben Waterworth, he's interviewed all these ex-players. And so I started from the start. And I'd watched all, yeah, listened to all season one and actually went, went back and watched, watched season one. And then uh, you realize how far that was. It's a lot different, isn't it, season one America than to – yeah, you, you don't realize until you go back and rewatch it how different it really is. But – um, yeah, and listen to all, all the interviews um, you did you did on season one and season two and season three, and I haven't listened to them all, but but I've certainly gone through my the, the early seasons of Survivor and listened to all the podcasting and and um, but yeah, Brian Heideck, I mean, especially back then he hardly really hadn't done any any interviews at all. So for you that to have been able to do an interview with him and and to have fans like me who were about to go on the show, and I remember I re-listened to it just prior to me going out. Not that it ended up helping, um, but uh, <laughs> but um, I actually yeah just before I went out to play, I re-listened to that interview again and just to get a few tips and and stuff. And I mean, he did play a good game, and um, it is definitely a shame we're not going to see him back on our screens. But but yeah, definitely yeah, any of the early ones you did um, from those early seasons is fantastic. Do do you ever fanboy out and reach out to any of the US contestants and sort of send them a quick good day, or have anyone ever reached out to you on the other side of things? No, I haven't. Um, not uh, not from the America ones. I, you know, I probably should. I mean, I listen to a few podcasts now and and stuff. And and you, you, you I guess you, you know, you hear them on there, and they talk about what they're up to and stuff like that. But uh, but no, you know, like I'd still, I'd still love to go to a. Um, I've always had a dream of going to a finale in America. I believe you've Best done experience. that. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I was. I was uh, very lucky to get to the game changers finale. Took a lot of effort, but I finally got in. Yeah. So yeah, no, and, and that's something I think I will, we've all got a bucket list, and I've, I've been lucky enough to tick off a fair few of them. But I, yeah, even it doesn't tarnish the fact that I've played the game and didn't do well. I, I still would love to tick off that whole um, going to a finale in in the US, and yeah, it'd be nice to maybe meet meet some of them face to face. But yeah. I would recommend, though, even, like, if people... Like, if you go over to the States at finale time, and even if you can't get tickets... And I think particularly Game Changers was tricky just because it was an all-star season and they were sort of... They changed the ticketing up. And I I had very... I was very lucky because I basically had a Survivor Oz fan who had gotten tickets. He was in San Diego and he couldn't make it. So he basically oh, wow. gave me his. And even then, there was, like, an effort because names and everything. And eventually, yeah, they let me yep. in. So, but, um... Even if you don't get into the finale, there's sort of a whole process which the fans go to. So there's a hotel where they always stay in the same hotel. And basically fans will just camp out in that lobby on the day before the finale and of the finale because they all are coming out. You can meet and greet them. You can get autographs. And then there's always sort of like after-party things where you can hang out and meet them. So um, any fan who kind of wants to make that pilgrimage, recommend it. And also, too, obviously always these uh, charity events, you know, your reality rallies, your hearts of reality, reality for diabetes. I mean, there's a lot now, but obviously the main ones, the main one still is hearts of reality in Florida, which is coming up very soon. It's within the next month. Yeah. And Australian yeah, survivors think... obviously are invited to that a lot of the no, time. No, yeah, I, I was... I was invited to that unfortunately because i i would have loved to have gone any other year i, I definitely would have gone but um well, yeah i'm getting married next april and and yeah just it's coming a bad time to be doing a spending money to do a, a u.s trip at the moment so unfortunately i'm not able to go to it this year but 
um, you know, that's something I definitely would have would have loved to have gone to. But yeah, just I, I'll tell you one thing, Ben. One of the best things about Survivor and, and actually playing doesn't matter how well you do is the after party. I got to admit, having <laughs> even for my season, we had the after party, and I can tell you what, Ben, I may have been the first one voted out. But I was the last one standing at that <laughs> at that at that after party. I can guarantee you that. I You're was the a cop. last. You know how much you can drink, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was because I tell you, got to remember a lot of those guys were only used to drinking protein shakes, so they were out early. They were out early. I was the last one standing. So hey, that should give me a few extra votes, I reckon. The, I, I reckon. I absolutely reckon. The, I remember the after-party for Game Changer. Like the thing that was unique about that one was that there were so many ex-contestants flew in for it. I think I counted, I met like 75 people in the space of two days from the show. Like, yeah. it was just, it was ridiculous. Um, and, like, you're at the after-party and you're literally just standing there going, yep, 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 yep. And you're just going up to each other and like, how you doing, how you doing, how are you doing? And it's just, it's just, it's a crazy experience to kind of see that, particularly when they're in just letting their hair down, getting pissed and... But and I know myself. I love like I got to meet a lot of the. We have you know we're we're lucky in Australia. We've got a really good um, base of a, of Australian Survivor podcasters. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of lot of lot of great um, podcasters out there, and I, I got to meet a lot of them that I'd never met before. At our, you know, they came to the reunion and and um, the after party. Got to meet them. That was some of the funnest ones to hang out with. To be honest, was was the actual the podcasters, and they were great. They were, they were there till the end with me, and um, but you know even that I'm lucky. You know. So we were talking about Des earlier, and, and he 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 played on the the first Channel Ten season. Um, you know, do you, I don't know if he's ever told you this. He he, they never got a reunion. We all know that the vote was um, done in Samoa, and there was no reunion show for that that season. Um, you know, and he, he still tells me today, like there's people on that on his season that he's never met. You know, that yeah. he's ever actually met from other tribes and stuff because he was the first one out. Um, you know, so there's so many. There's a lot of luck and unlucky things, and and you know, it's it's life. You know, but but you know, at the end of the day, I got lucky. We had a reunion show, and I got to catch up with people and and stuff. But you know, like someone like Des, unfortunately, didn't even get to do that. Um, I think he went to the next year. I'm, he's probably someone I wouldn't like to take on to be last man standing. I'm not after I do not think I've ever seen a man drink as much as I had when I interviewed Des. I think I counted at least six cans of beer he went through, and the guy was still pretty solid and upright. So he, he, met, he actually, when I was talking to him on, on, our, on our late night chat the other night, he, he knew I was coming on the show, and he actually did mention that he caught up with you guys, and he said it was a, a, a big night. Well, th- that was the end, but you know, we, we met, it was the very first weekend I'd moved to Queensland, and so basically it was, I met up with Des, I met up with Andrew, um, Julian, Oslet, Julian, uh, Oslet, ex-Oslet, Riley, we kind of all met and hung out, and we were in South Bank, and of course I'm a overweight Tasmanian in fucking 30 degree, 100% humidity, Brisbane weather at South Bank on a Saturday night, walking out at midnight going, turn the heat down, what is wrong with you, Brisbane? Um, <laughs> great night, actually. And I remember, actually, it was it was funny because I, I, I lived out sort of Logan Way. I lived in Meadowbrook, and I had not caught a train home yet. And, yeah. of course, I'm like saying, like, oh, no, okay, I'll, I'll just jump on the train out to, to Logan. Andrew's like, ooh. <laughs> How about... We grab an Uber back to my house and I'll drive you home. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Andrew drove oh. me home. Uh, so. I tell you what, Andrew's another top bloke. He's a love um, Andrew. I've, yeah. I've been fortunate enough to meet Andrew at one of our Survivor get-togethers, um, and be, being a you know another a little Brisbane get-together um, catch-ups. And yeah, he's another another great big fan of Survivor and obviously ex-player. And yeah, yeah. 
No, big fan of Andrew and, and Des too. Like Des actually, funnily enough, you mentioned sort of catching up. I probably haven't spoken to either Des or Andrew much really since that meetup, unfortunately, but Des actually tweeted me probably about two days ago just sort of saying like, how's New Zealand? So I've Yeah, sort of ah, good. Tweet back. Good day, Des, if you're listening. Hello, hope, you, hope you're well. We'll try and get you back on at some point because, yeah, Des is always a hoot to have on the show. He and- is, and he, know- and he knows his stuff. He does. He really does. Uh, so another question here, Hilda O'Connor. If your season had an Edge of Extinction twist, uh, obviously you'd go to Edge for sure. Well, I mean, we would you? I don't know. But do you think you could survive 40-plus days on the island, assuming it runs similar to American Survivor with a merge return and final five return? Yeah, the, the living conditions were never going to be my issue. That That's something that, um, you know... I, I've done a lot of lot of, you know with traveling and camping and being in Africa. I spent seven months traveling around Africa, you know, sleeping in tents the whole time, stuff like that. Um, you know, losing losing a lot of weight, not eating much, all that stuff. That was never going to be my issue. Going, um, so something like that would have been no problem. I was never going to, yeah, you know, I was never going to quit. You would have had to carry me out there on a stretcher before, you know. And even then, I would have hopped back up and ran back and said, no, I'm not leaving, you know. Um, See, so yeah, that wouldn't have been my issue. The issue is, to be honest, I, I'm not a big fan of re- once you're out, you're out. And and coming from someone who's first out um, is probably surprising for some of the, for some listeners to think. Well, you'd think that I would be the opposite, saying, "Oh, get me back in there and give me another chance." You know, no. What, I fully believe that once you're out, you're out. If they're good enough um, and smart enough to get you out of the game, um, you know, I think it's unfair that players can then come back and ruin their game because. I can tell you right now, if it was if the shoe was on the other foot and I would have got someone out early, that last thing I would have wanted is them to come back, especially a lot later in the game when they do not know how I've been playing or what I've done, and then just to come back in, team up with someone and vote me out. I mean, I'm not a fan of what I saw on, on Edge of Extinction. I don't have a problem with them actually doing it once as long as they... As long as they acknowledge that, you know what, this didn't quite work to how we wanted to... You know, they tried it, good on him, didn't quite work. Um, Chris won. It's not his fault that he won. Um, you know, he, he, in the end, he, he did what he had to do and, and they voted, you know, what the season was and he won. Um, so I don't have an issue with that. I I just don't want to see a season like that come back. And to be honest, I wouldn't want to win a season that I've already been voted out on. It just wouldn't sit right with me. You know, I, I, my personality, I wanted to win. And when I, when I got that million, uh, half a million in, in the Australian Survivor case, to say, you know what, I, I, no one could beat me. I was the best player. There's no doubt at all, you know, you were forced to give me that money because I played the best. That's what I, in my mind, that's what I wanted. Um, you know, I'm sure Chris is happy with his million dollars. Um, good on him. He, and like I said, it's certainly not his fault. But there probably will always be that question mark on that season. Is, is it? And I know they've done other seasons where players have come back. It happened in Pearl Islands with Burton, and it's happened in other seasons since. But this is the first time it's actually the players won. And I guess that's why we're questioning it. Which is, I, I like, I like that point you mentioned with Chris sort of always been questioned and this is actually weirdly why I would have liked to of the newer winners maybe seen Chris come back and also why absolutely a, a yeah. large reason why I was I'm a huge advocate for Natalie White coming back because yes. Natalie White's always Agreed. got the Russell stigma over her I mean, imagine if Russell or Chris came back and won then it would just be like yeah. okay well I'll shut up like yeah. it's that's what I, I, I want like in I'm not a Sophie fan outside of Chris to me the worst winner in Survivor and the one that I cannot understand how she won. So as part of me, I still want to, 
I wouldn't mind seeing her win season 40. Yeah. So then I could be like, you, okay, so I was wrong. So that's Nat- Nat- Natalie you're talking about? I don't know. I'm talking about Sophie now. Oh, so Sophie. Like, okay, yep, yeah. yep. So then that's what, um, like, I've been very critical of her in the past. But again, I will gladly sit here in a year's time if Sophie wins and I can, like, okay, fair enough. I was wrong. Yep. Sophie, you're a good winner. So I think with, with Chris not coming back, to me, he should have been actually the first one yeah. being asked <laughs> back. Not not just because it's you know the the one of the newer seasons. Well, it's a newer season, obviously um, season thirty eight. But it it does get that question mark away from him. Well, how good is he? You know, did he deserve to win that season? To me, although he's never going to go, he's not going to go down in history as the best ever winner. And and some might say you know the most undeserving. Some might say um, it's perfect chance you put him in on all winners. He still won. He still has the crown of winning a season of Survivor, which not many people have. Um, you know he got the money, so why not put him back in? If he, you know, if he goes early, well then, you know, hey, maybe maybe he wasn't so good. But if he actually went on and won, or got to the end, or got to the final four or something, well, you think, well, hey, then maybe he was better than we actually give him credit for. And I think you're spot on about Natalie White. Um, you know, Ru- to me, I don't know if you agree. I'm not sure if you're actually a Russell fan, but oh, how I'm Russell, a huge Russell fan, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. how how Russell didn't win Samoa is is probably the biggest. You know, tragedy ever happened. I mean, he he by far. And I I don't know if he played now and played that same game. I don't see how he doesn't win unanimously. Like the game has changed a lot now because now people respect those moves a lot more. It was for, in yeah. America anyway. A lot of you seem to you know look at Gavin. He played he played that quiet game where no one voted for him and didn't win. He lost against a guy that only been on on for eleven nights. Um, where where maybe Russell came too early. He changed. He, I believe he did change the way the games played. Um, if he plays that same game now, you know, and, and and gets to the end with a Natalie White, I can't see how Natalie wins. You know, I understand back then why she won. I don't think it could happen again. To me, I've always sort of the three that I was always like, okay, they're in my lower tier, and it's a, it's not just me. It's like it's a, it's a common thread generally. It was always Amber, Natalie, and Sophie. I think, though, in retrospect, having rewatched these seasons a lot since doing Survivor Oz, I've at least grown. I don't say appreciate. It's not like I'm going to rank him in my top ten or that. It's like all of a sudden, okay, okay, I can see why Amber's won. This is, you know, you watch her edit closely. You're, okay, same with Natalie. I feel like if you actually do watch her game, you can see the the road, the path to what she did to win. Again, not putting that out there. I, I am definitely on your page. Is and still a very controversial statement now, what, 10 years later, that I yeah. still believe heavily that Russell should have won that season. Yeah. Uh, and I still heavily believe that Boston Rob should have won All-Stars. Um, but to me, Sophie is the one that is the one winner that I can't pinpoint it. I can't. I cannot. Yeah. And I am adamant that Coach should have won that season. So yep. Yep. that's, again, not trying to lay on the Sophie hate. Well, it's been a while. but we'll soon, um, yeah, well, it would be interesting to sit back and see how she goes then. And I really hope she does well because I really want to be proven wrong. Uh, the, the Hilda adds a little thing at the end here. Would some people have likely quit dealing with Zach on Edge for 40 <laughs> days? <laughs> um, like I said earlier, look, I think Zach isn't as bad as everyone thinks he is. He's actually, he actually is a nice guy. You know, he, he loves animals. He's, you know, he, I th- he, was, he was portraying a character out there and I think, I don't know whether that's from his gladiator days where he had to do it, but I, I honestly think if Zach was just himself, um, you know, 
he probably would have come across a lot more likable. But I don't think he went on the show wanting to be likable. I don't. I honestly don't think he was interested in that. He wanted to go on the show being a villain, and good on him. You know, um, look, I I would have no problem sitting down having a beer with Zach and and chatting. And like I said, I called him out as the kingpin. I you could clearly see that in the two days I was there, I couldn't stand the bloke. But I think if you if you spend a month with him on, on, on the island, as long as he wasn't talking about keto diets all the time and about how much he can bench press, as long as he cut that shit out and actually just got down and had normal conversations, look, honestly, I'm sure he'd be fine. But I can see how he would rub people, some people the wrong way. And he I'm did. He rubbed, he rubbed me the wrong way in the two days I was there. But since then, I can see that there is a different side to him. I think I mentioned to you in our Facebook chat that I'm on the keto diet at the moment, so I haven't brought that up. Yet, but um, but uh, it's actually funny. You, you, would, you would have fit in well with the Bromance Alliance then. <laughs> no, I would not have. I am not <laughs> at all remotely bro-down like. like. And this is the thing that's kind of really annoying me with that tribe is just the bro oh, mentality. But I've, having said that, though, like just th- the more I think about Zach, because I think I've just watched the episode where he just got voted out from memory. Um yep. Like, again, I'm annoyed the shit out of me, but actually the more I think about him and kind of how you sell him, like, I actually really appreciate him. It's kind of like yes. I, I yeah. could not stand Luke uh, in season four. Like, that guy just gave me the absolute shits. <laughs> but then you get to an exact point of that show where you kind of all of a sudden like, hang on a minute, Luke's fucking awesome. Like, there's just something about how he's playing this game, how he's just so entertaining. Yeah. And, like we had we had issues during that season where we had contestants on that season not wanting to come on our show because they didn't like yeah. what I was saying about Luke. Luke came uh-huh. on the show and was just like, "Dude, fuck, I don't give a shit. Say what you want about me." And I was yeah, like, "Yeah, yeah, I respect you so much for that because it's all in good fun." But like Zach to me, is that Zach is the Luke of this season to me. He's kind of like you can hate him, but yeah, yeah. But you know, and that's the great thing is you need someone like Zach, like. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, if I would have stayed longer, you would have seen some gold TV out of me. There's no doubt about it. I would have been up to no good, looking for idols, not scared to make big moves. I would have been doing stuff that would have made good TV. I didn't get that opportunity in the end. Um, Zach continued on. You needed someone like a Zach to continue that on. Um, otherwise, it would have been a boring tribe. Honestly, it it would, have been a bore, it would have been boring to have to sit there and actually play with them in the end if there wasn't guys like that. Um, so... Yeah, and some people love to hate people, you know? Well, that's, um, and that's the thing, though, with any reality show is I think that kind of like like Russell has got a, a huge fan base and he's also got a huge group of people that hate him, but you need yeah. divisive people. Who was the one on, um, gosh, what's the season between Edge of X? Dave vs. Goliath. Who was yeah. the, the, the girl who got to the end who... An- An- I, Angelina? Uh, no, not, she, yeah, no, 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 it was she, Angelina. She was... Um, uh, yeah, she was. Yeah, she was uh, Angelina. Yeah, she ended up Could getting to the final with Mike and Nick. Stand her to me, one of the most annoying plays in the history of Survivor. However, I know people who love her. Like she was like, and at the end of the day, I may find her pain in the ass, but she's great television because she's getting that reaction from me. Exactly, she was great TV. She was always, you know, she was sort of out there. She was, she was making moves. Um, in the end, she didn't get a single vote. I think Nick got seven and Mike got three. So in the end, she so obviously she did rub other people up the wrong way as well because she didn't get a single vote. But um, yeah, but she made for good TV. You know, she she's did. someone that I remember when I think about that season, and even only watching it very recently, there's still a lot of plays you do forget, like Christian. You remember players like that. They're, they're always going to be. You're going to think uh, Christian, your edge of uh, David Earth Goliath. Yeah, you know? but same with yeah Angelina. She was a she was a big presence. She she was outspoken, and it was great. It made for good TV. But yeah, obviously she She'll rubbed a lot back. of. Uh, yeah, look, it's not always it's not always about winning. I know that's 
for me it was like I wanted to win, but everyone goes on for different reasons. You know, some want to get more bloody Instagram followers. You know, I I know I knew exactly on day one who those people were. You know, which make it hard to play with because you're wanting to get to the end. You're you're you know, you're willing to work with people that you wouldn't normally associate with, you know, because you know that there's going to be better for your game. Some don't want to do that. Some just want to go straight back into that same routine as they do back home and play, you know, be around the same type of people, you know, even if it doesn't get them far. But, you know, you're playing with everyone's got different motives of wanting to get onto the show. You know, you got to, that's something that I think for people that are lucky enough to play in the future, you, you've got to remember, you know, that. That, that not everyone's playing to be the the big player or not everyone's playing to, to get to the end. And that's the truth. It's sad as it is. People are happy to get to the merge. You know, I couldn't give a shit about getting the merge. I either wanted to win or or get out trying. And I think it's also interesting, like, going back to saying about how you rewatch seasons, and obviously, you know, again, you and I are very similar to sort of just binge-watch these other ones, but th- when the day comes that I say I, I rewatch a David Goliath, and I, w- I would focus on someone like an Angelina, because, like, again, you've got that initial impression of disliking someone. Like, first time I ever saw Panama, I hated Ceree. Ceree just, <laughs> oh, my God, who is this woman? Shut up. But then, like, you, you go on to thinking that, to me, in my eyes, the, the greatest player never to have won, and just you appreciate yeah. these players. And I think about, like, the the very first Channel 10 season, I sort of watched half of it, and then kind of I'd, I'd gone off, I'd travelled and everything, so I couldn't see the rest of it. I knew I'd won and all this sort of stuff. But I remember watching it the first time going, oh, Phoebe, God, shut up, and, like, flick. Like, what's she doing? They're not doing anything. But then, like, you watch it, and you, you, you have this perception of, like, as you said, oh, they're there just to get Instagram followers because, you know, they look a certain way. But then you actually, and, like, Phoebe, like, I thought played a great game. Flick. Like, so underrated, yeah, I think, in terms of yeah, what she did. And just, much. like, things like that. And that's why Survivor is a show which is very important, I feel, particularly in positions like myself or, like, yourself as a fan, to, to really appreciate certain games that you can't pick up on that first time. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and that's that's you know, and that's I guess the beauty of having returning returning seasons where you yeah you, know, you get to they play with different people, you get to see it. Sometimes they play the same game, sometimes they mix it up. You just you never know. Uh, you know, sometimes they go people that have done well go early. Some people that go early do better. You just yeah, it's, it's you, you never know, and that's the beauty of the game. It will yep. always be different. You know, always. I can tell you right now, if we went out and replayed my season with the exact same people, it would there would be a different order. You know, mm. I can tell you right now, I would not go first. I can tell you that right now. If we redid that whole season with knowing what we know now and go out there, I would not be first. And that, to me, we've talked about that, I think, in the past in terms of, you know, the US ones. Like That that in itself is a great idea. Like, obviously, you couldn't do it so something like Borneo, obviously, because sadly, BB's no longer with us. But, like, imagine doing Borneo Redux. Like, yeah, getting all yep. 16 players, just do it all again. Like, Hatch isn't going to win. Like, you know, yep. like, it's it's just going to be... That would just be epic. It's such an idea that be. you could do. Like, it but, would be. I don't yeah, think that, they would do that's it. That's why I'd... But I'm still a fan, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I am a first boot. This is something that I've heard you talk about in years past. I've, I've, in, in being a massive fan of the show, like I would love to see. You know, we talked. You've talked about all first boot players coming back. You know, for one season or or even like a an all star team versus a first boot or or non like no one that's made the merge before. It doesn't even have to be a first boot, but players that you never really got to see play, but you know they've got mm-hmm. something in them to have not only good entertainment but actually play the game. Um, against agree. players that actually did get the opportunity with whether it be luck or good play and to see what happens you know one we have you know we have all these other different tribes and stuff why not have a tribe yeah of 
pre pre merge players versus you know post merge players or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I I absolute advocate for it. I think kind of it. I mean, I think we got very close with game changers because initially I think that was meant to be sort of a champions versus contenders. It was initially meant to be like a tribe of winners versus a tribe of non-winners. Um, yeah. So that was the initial plan, I believe. So, but yeah, completely agree. Because, I mean, it's it's not just the first boots that celebrate. Like, I, I'm a, a huge second boot advocate. I think kind of if yep. you look at some of the second boots from US Survivor, like we've got some of the greatest characters, some of these great players with great potential, and just, you know, they go in these early slots. Obviously, you remember yep. the first boots more because yeah. a lot of the times you remember the first boot and the winner. Like, kind of that's who you remember. But, um, <laughs> it's, fu- it's funny you say that. That's how I've often looked at it. I'm I'm like, you know what? I might be the first boot, but I, don't, I, you know, if you said to me, oh, in the in season, uh, you know, one, two, I know, you, three, four, whatever, about who was third out or fourth, I would have to. I, I don't know. Like, you, yeah. you really have to stop me. I can give you all the first boots. So, you know, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 funny. You forget after the you sort of remember the winner and you remember the first out. So. And that would be my thing. I think I'm very similar to you that if I was ever lucky enough to play the game. I'd want to come out of it remembered. Like, yeah. even if that was for a terrible, like, I don't want to go out and be like, oh, that's the racist one. They think of that enough already <laughs> on the show as it is. But like, no, it's like, I want to, I, I would want to have, I don't say legacy, but maybe it is a legacy because. Yeah, I think that's, so. I think that's a perfect word. Yeah. Because you want to, you, it's, it's not necessarily even just a thing about like being recognized on the street or things like that. Like, I'd want people to talk about me in a sentence in Survivor plays in the future. Remember when Ben, like, first boot, he did that stupid move, but, God, he was terrible. But I'm still being talked about. Like, and, you and, and you know what? It's not – I agree. And it's not even – I know you're not saying it in an arrogant sense that, hey, you, yeah. want, you want your name out there. You're not – and I'm the same. Like, it's not about that. I, I, I couldn't give a shit about that. It's – you know, I know and how much this, this game means to me and how much pleasure over the last 20 years it's brought to me. You know, it's, it's, it really has changed my life um, for the better. You know, I don't think I would be – this might sound weird. I don't think I'd be a police officer if it wasn't for Survivor because Survivor got me traveling. Traveling made me grow up, um, see things a lot differently. Um, and that ended up becoming, you know, going from a hospitality worker to a police officer, which I've now been for 11 years. So I owe so much to this show. But And I wanted to be that player. I wanted to be that player that um, people, you know, you put a smile on their face, whether they hate you or they like you or what, that they talk about. It gives them something to talk about with the family or their friends or at work or um, and they, you know, and they just talk about it, and, and they get involved in it. That's the type of player I wanted to be. Whether, you know, obviously I wanted to win, but at the same time I wanted to bring, you know, just bring some joy to people that actually appreciate the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. No, so I, I can definitely see that. Yep, it's a definitely, definitely agree. Um, Saxon says, "Who would win a Survivor Sumo Challenge? Jeff, Matt, or Jonathan?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that is that out at me or Jeff Probst I, I, and Jonathan? I'm I'm almost thinking it's Matt, host of Survivor New Zealand, because that would I mean, like we can throw you in there instead. But I'm guessing if you've got Jeff and Jonathan, they're hosts, so I'm assuming that that's Matt Chisholm from New well, Zealand. Well, Survivor. I I haven't watched the New Zealand season, so let's go let's go me let's go with you. Je- well, I would say Jeff because I got to admit I would team up with Jeff straight away. Jeff's the original <laughs> host, so I would team up with him to pin to pin. Uh, Jonathan and I'd probably be worn out by that stage, and then and then uh, Jeff would get me. <laughs> I I would recommend the new. I mean, I haven't watched the second New Zealand one yet, but like Matt Chisholm brings an enthusiasm to a first season of Survivor that like there's like there's this one challenge where the guy like blows a lid. He's that excited about what's happening in the challenge. Like he is yeah. just going off, and he actually seems like a genuinely nice guy. Um, and one thing I'll say like 
I like John LaPaglia. Seems like a super nice guy. Actually, I met and interviewed him years before Survivor. He ever did Survivor. And super nice guy. But, like, I'm really noticing in this, in your season that I'm watching right now, he just seems bored. He's, like, phoning it in half the time. I just Does he even want to be there? <laughs> well, look, I, I think, to be I think he does a good job. I really do. I, I think he, he's got a good look for the show as well. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. I mean, I don't know what he's getting told to say and what he can actually... I think, obviously, Jeff would have a lot more say in what he actually gets to say as a host and stuff like that. Um Jonathan probably doesn't, ha- you know, he probably doesn't have that freedom as much. But I think we could have done, I think we could have done a lot worse for a host than him. I think, I think, I give him credit. I think he does a good job. Yeah, I, I like, I definitely agree. I just, I don't know, like, I feel this season he's just something's lacking with him. But he, he's, you know, he still does what he can. Can I just also point out? I should really say this at the beginning, Matt. You are. You you were on a Logie award winning show now that the that yeah. your season won a Logie like two weeks ago. So did you get a ticket to the Logie? I mean, it's just down uh, the road. Un- unfortunately, the first boot is probably the last to be invited. <laughs> but I I have to admit I'm taking the credit for that Logie because if a show doesn't start off well, people can tune out to it. Now people might say that I went a bit too far in that tribal council, but how good was it to watch? I mean, <laughs> yeah. people might think, oh, yeah, you're watching someone dig their own grave, whatever. But I think it was a pretty good first episode and a pretty full-on first tribal to get a season starting. So I'll take a little bit of credit for that uh, that Logie Award. I think what they should do, do it like the Stanley Cup where each like you know player on the team gets like a day with the Stanley Cup. They can do with it what they want. So they should do that with the Logie, like every contestant gets a day with the Logie or something yeah. like that. You should, you should have a picture of you standing on the side of the road with a radar gun and it says you've got a Logie. <laughs> Um, I like that you know. idea. I like that you idea. Know. Put your hands up. Oh, sorry, that's just the Logie that I've got. Um, <laughs> but no, it was good it. to be. A, it was good to be a part of it. I mean, obviously, there's so much goes into the production of the show, and so so many bits and pieces. But to to, yeah, to be a, to be a part of it, even in a small way, it's uh, it's definitely it's, it's a nice thing to know. There you go. Um, uh, Erica, if there is an Australian Survivor All-Stars, say around Season 7 or 8, who from the other seasons, not your own, do you most want to play against? Uh, there's a second part to this question, but I'll let you answer that one first. Uh, play against? Definitely um, someone like AK, I think. he. Uh, so we're talking about Australian Survivors, yeah? Yes, I'm going to assume yeah. Australian. Yep. Yeah. Uh, definitely someone like AK. I think he was uh, you know, a big player on his season. Um, wasn't scared to make moves. Was unlucky the way he got voted out. Um, you know, you want you want to you want to come up against those type of big players because I think sometimes that can help you as well. Being a being someone that wants to make moves yourself, um, I honestly think having more of those type of players around will actually help your game. Um, sometimes it's hard to get through to people that are just there to look down and not be seen or heard it's actually hard to play with those type of players especially if there's more than one of them um so yeah um first season um maybe someone like a craig um craig i reckon he would be a a good laugh to have around as well i think uh um yeah bring a bit of fun to it uh who else would there be um yeah guys like henry from from Season two of Channel Ten season, he um, yeah he was there to play as well. Got voted out with an idol. Um, it, it's just big players, I think. Big players that are prepared to make moves, prepared to lie a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to. I would want to. Wouldn't want to play a, a, against boring players. 
Well, the second part of this question of Erica, an honest answer. Do you think Des would take the first boot slot on all winners? I think they mean all stars there. Uh, and to be honest, I feel the first boots for Australian Survivor are so memorable so far, including you. Can I just sidebar really quickly there? Who was the first boot in season Joan, four? Joan. 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 Oh, Joan. Yeah, of course. Joan. Joan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Joan. Which, uh, which was, you know, she, she tied with Kent, remember? It was 6-6 six, six, and then Luke That's swapped That's right. Then Kent. Luke, oh, I loved Kent. Sorry. Yeah, and then Luke. <laughs> hey, yeah, talk, talking about, and I'm gonna, I know I've already talked about this, but I'm going to bring it back because Joan's a classic example. She was voted out first, on, and it was a tied vote, 6-6, six, six, and then it went, and then Luke, I think maybe someone else changed their vote. Their tribe didn't end up going back to tribal council, I think, until day 17. So mm. Kent, who nearly got voted out day one, uh, day three, um, didn't have to go back to a tribal until day seventeen. It mm. just shows you once again about so much luck, and there's that fine line between you know going early and getting deep into the game. Um, you know, Joan Joan lost that. You know, I guess was a part of losing that first challenge, and ended up you know tying and then getting voted out. But who's to say she wouldn't have done a lot better if it was Kent that went first, and then Joan stayed on. You know, um, yeah. It's uh, but getting back to that question, I'll, I'll, I won't talk about if Des would be first out. I, I tell you what, I would love to. I would love to have a season where the where there's Des and I are captains, and we get to choose choose our players. I'd love to see, you know, who Des would pick. I'd love to see who I pick. I think, yeah, you know, I think we're both sort of players that you will remember who were the will first out. So why not? Let us be captains. Give us a chance to pick our own teams and see if we can change our destiny, our own I fate, think, you know? I, I think, that, you know, now that you mentioned Joan, I remember Joan. I think kind of as much as I like to advocate for season one and parts of season two, as in Channel 9 and Channel 7, looking at the first boots from both of those seasons, though, both hold the distinction of being players, I think, only in the history of Survivor to actually vote themselves out because Lucinda, oh, of course, yeah. voted herself out. And then everyone forgets that Kim fucking Johnson voted for herself too in that very first episode of the celebrity one. So, oh, um, no. yeah. That, that, I, I'm not no. a, there may be definitely ones I probably wouldn't be an advocate if, for getting if you, if, no, no, You can't <laughs> even do that now. That Obviously, the rules have changed. You can't vote for yourself now anyway. But if anyone votes for themselves, they don't deserve ever to be back on the show. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is very true. I actually had um, one of the, uh, I think it was when I was with, was it Purple Kelly or Nalia? They still had a copy of the original contract from the US Survivor. Fascinating reading, fascinating yep. reading. And just reading the, like, very American, like, they just have to, like, lay every single groundwork for every single thing that they can think of that you could get sued for. Yeah. Um, and it was something around tribal council, like about the voting and just like, it was just very weirdly worded. I, I wish I could remember specifically what it was, but I mean, this is a contract like this thick. I don't know how thick the contract yours is, but um, yeah, like it's just fascinating to be able to sit there and have that document in your hand and kind of read what you're signing your life away oh, to. Oh, absolutely. TV you, you know, even with the rules, like the, the rules of the game, it was a massive read to read them all. I think I read them about twice. But I was fascinated to hear that some of the players on the tribe didn't even fully read all the rules because it did take a while to read. But, mm. you know, just to, um, just to do with little things with, you know, your clothing and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I was fascinated to find out that some people didn't even fully read the whole, whole rules of the game. Like they um, – yeah, it's 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 interesting. I, I certainly made sure I read everything. 
I, I would. I would be reading everything, and not just for like legal things. I'm just, I'm just fascinated by that sort of stuff. Like yeah, a lot of the yeah. stuff I get uh, the most enjoyment from hearing doing this, you know, podcast is the behind the scenes aspects Absolutely, and things like yeah. that. And just like I've always liked that when I've sort of been lucky enough to see Survivor contestants showing me like stuff. Like Purple Kelly had like they got given this book about Nicaragua, which essentially, you know, I don't know if many other seasons have been given specifically a book to learn about, you wow. know, the history and everything of the location. And there was even like this document that she had, which kind of had like giant pictures of like you know don't eat this do eat this do this do that <laughs> and then there was like this big thing which i think i took a picture of and put on my instagram it was like do not shit near your shelter our crew work long hard hours we don't want to yeah. step in your shit and stuff like, <laughs> this. like just little things you don't think of um uh, which are fascinating and, and fascinating. you don't think of and, and that, you're right you don't think about that stuff um until yeah you sort of either hear about it or, or involved in it and it's yeah it, it it, it's it's interesting, very fascinating. Uh, Anna's asked a question we've already answered. Uh, she says, have you met the legend that is Des from Australian Survivor? So we've answered that one. We know that one. Um, Granny Survivor, I'm going to ask you last because you always take forever to get through. Um, Prudence, even though you were not around long, what do you think of iconic queens and fan favourites, Shoni and Fenella? <laughs> um. Look, I'm I'm sure they're nice girls. I, I don't know. I I don't know if I could have been in an alliance with them. To be honest, I, I think there's there's my lifestyle, their lifestyle, personalities. Probably um, the way they wanted to play was never was never going to work. I, I I just don't know whether. Look, they're nice girls. I just don't know whether they were. I know they went a long way in the game. Were they ever a chance to actually win? I I don't know. I don't know if they were ever actually a chance to win the game. Um, hey, you know, I, I said in I said at my tribal, I, I looked at Fenella and said, "When are you going to start playing day forty? And she said, "If I get there, you know, she got there. You know, so you got to give credit. Um, she she kicked my ass. Um, they both did, but um, they made good TV. They definitely made good TV. They they were smart. They knew what. I guess they were smart. They they knew they had to stick together, and they did that." They had Anita earlier on. Um, you know, Anita was so unlucky, I guess, how she got voted out. Um, but yeah, you know, they they knew what they were playing with. They knew they had those guys. I, I'm sure that they knew what was going on, like I did in that first. They knew that the guys were all connecting, and they knew they had to stick together if they wanted to go far in a game, and and it worked for them. I just I just don't know if they could have won. I just yeah, I question that. The one line that I weirdly liked when you got voted out was when you said, like, oh, better start playing girls. And they're like, we just did. I was like, whoa, <laughs> mic drop. Heard, yeah, I never, <laughs> I never heard that line until I watched your show. And uh, so I, um, I didn't hear it. So I didn't hear her say that because obviously she whispers it to, to Anita and, and, and Fenella. Um, look, great, great little one-liner back, you know. Um, I give her credit for that. And that's what I love. You've got to love moments like that. You know, I, mm. I had a little remark when I left and bang, she straight back on me and, and it was a great line. So fantastic. That's, yeah, that's what you want to hear. Um, I, still, I still question what they, why they felt it was a great idea voting me out like, and not Stevie because it still to this day does not make sense. They were never going to work with Stevie ever. Uh, he he was never the type of personality or type of bloke that would go and work with a bunch of younger girls. Um, yet, you know, yet they voted me out, who's someone that could have easily have 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 worked with them. You know, especially in the early stages. Um, 
yeah, it, that that still fascinates me. Is is but hey, it worked for them. They got they got deep into the game. So, uh, Gene's asked a question we've already answered. Matt, what is your take on Russell Hance and your impression when you saw him walk on? So we've answered that one. Uh, let's see here, Rosie. Uh, as an American who is a fan of Australian Survivor, I want to say that watching Survivor, I've never seen such an iconic first tribal than yours when you left. It is right up there with my all-time favourite with Francesca's first boot in Redemption Island. My question to Matt is, oh, here we go. Who is your top five all-time favourite first boots in Survivor history from any version? Wow. Well, all right. Uh, I was just having a bit of a chat with Des about this the other day, actually, during our long chat. We are talking about first boots and, and stuff like that. Well, I mean, you have to... You have to always put Sonia as not like in there. She's the first ever first boot. Yeah, she, I know it's an early season. She didn't really. There's nothing really uh, bizarre that she did or rem, re- memorable moment. But she's the first boot. You know, she was an older lady first boot. So definitely put Sonia on there. Um, but yeah, we've had. I think it was. Um, was it Amazon? Uh, Amazon. We had the big, muscly Asian-looking guy. I think he went out first. Oh we, no, Dan. Dan Liu was like third out. Um, but I'm yeah, sure Dan there was, was it? Yeah, there was one. I'm sure in that season there was one big guy. Um, Ryan. Ryan was Ryan. First one. That's it. Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always. Yeah, that's that's. Fair. I was getting the names mixed up. But um, yeah, look, I, I think. Yeah, you, know, you talk about memorable moments. I love the fact that she said that mine was one of the most iconic because. That's something that I went into that tribal wanting to do because remember, Ben, I, I thought that there was a more more than 50% chance that I was going home. I didn't have an idol on me. I thought either Stevie had it and was going to play it and I was going home, definitely going home, or that they were straight out going to vote me out anyway. So I went in there wanting to make it a big tribal council for that exact reason that, you know, if you're going to go out first, why not be remembered, you know? So Francesca, obviously, to answer that question, yeah, she's been voted out twice. How, you, she's got to be on the list. You know, Des, how can you not have – this is Des who – I know, you know, whether it's true or not, but they showed him in his edit that, that um, you know, here he was sitting back watching him build the shelter when, you know, and, and then he comes in at the end and helps him and stuff. You know, whether how, how truthful that is, I don't know. But you remember those type of players. So, yeah, definitely um, a couple of the early ones – and they had like you had Deb and um, yeah, there it is. I'm waiting for you to say that. Yeah, you know. Deb. Yeah, <laughs> you know she, she was unlucky, and and uh, uh, Diane, I think, was in the season mm-hmm. three. I think she went even when Clarence had stolen the, the beans. beans. Yep. Remember that one? Oh, I yeah, I love. I could I could sit here and do a whole podcast about season three, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, De- those big get players like Francesca, Des, um, would lo- I would love to be in a tribe with them. Would love to be in an all first boot tribe with them. Av- Fantastic. I think you think about the first 10 seasons, there's barely a bad first boot amongst them. Even yeah. like Peter Harkey was an absolute kook. Um, I mean, John from Thailand. Thailand? Yeah. The, pa- but the he's, pasta, he's, yeah. Well, he's gone on to an interest. Like, I think he's running, I don't think it's for the Senate. Or he, like, he ran for some political office. And, like, just the stories you hear about John are quite interesting. You mentioned, obviously, Ryan. Um, then even Nicole, because she was the one in the dress in Pearl Island. Like, That's that shot right. Yeah, off the yeah. boat. Uh, Tina, of course. Like, I mean, it's all-stars. But even Brooke, because we kind of had that whole falling off the, the thing in Vanuatu. And that was very nearly Chris, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then Palau, obviously, as we've already mentioned, like Jonathan and, and Wanda. But even if you put Yolanda into that as well, like she was pretty, if you technically count her as the first voted out. So, so yeah. 
like it's it's kind of I mean I'm not to take away like we've had some memorable first boots you know since but I, I maybe it's the same as the winners like we just don't get that level of um, iconic first boot like we used to like I couldn't even tell you I'm looking at these names here on the last few seasons I couldn't even remember who these first boots are in the last three I remember I remember Katrina from Heroes Healers Hustlers because she was the Olympic swimmer and I I think maybe the best prediction I've ever did I said she would be first boot she was first boot so I was pretty proud of that choice I've not I've noticed too um, probably in the later seasons after twenty or from you know sort of Samoa onwards. There's a lot of younger ones that get voted out first, you know, in the mid, like later 20, you know, 28, 29 years of age stuff. There's, there is a few of them too. So it's not always just the, the older person or, and that, I like that, you know, I like, you know, obviously I'm, was only 35 when I played and I'm a first boot where Des was an older guy when he played, you know, um, mm-hmm. I don't mind seeing younger sort of first boots, you know, it mixes the game up a bit. It keeps that older player in the game. And a lot of the time, if the older player can get through that first boot, they, they can go far, you know. I guess Anita on my season, Anita thought, you know, probably went into that game worried that she was going to be the first boot. She was the eldest female on our tribe. But, you know, she played a, a very good social game and, you know, and in the end got out through an idle play um, and was unlucky. So, um, yeah, but I, I love the fact that that listener um, said that mine's one of the most iconic. I, that's just made my day because that's exactly what I was trying to achieve with all the stuff I – spoke about and I hadn't watched mine for a long time but when I said I did that long three-day bender with my nephew and caught up on all the survivor at the end he asked he said yeah can we go back and watch your tribal so got on 10 play and chucked it on and and we just watched the tribal part of it and at the end of it I was actually smiling and laughing thinking you know what like that was actually pretty cool yeah I got voted out but shit I had a lot to say and a lot of it was I had a funny couple of one-liners you know I'm talking about hand and cookie jars I'm telling, you know, Kingpin, Zach, and, and all this stuff. I, you know, and it was actually was good TV. So, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad some people out there appreciate it. Do you get caught up in the moment sometimes in the, the confessional tribal? Because I remember having Andrew on the show, and he had the confessional that they advertise a lot saying, like, you know, I'm on a business trip. And I was like, you, you, you did that deliberately, didn't you, because of As, Brian? And he said, yeah. Oh, like, do you absolutely. do that? Absolutely. Yeah, I – look, I went in there. I went in there. I – yeah, obviously being a, a Brian fan, like, yeah, as soon as I heard Andrew say that, I was like, oh, that's Brian's line all that. I didn't want to go in there using anyone else's lines. I, I, I got to admit, and that's why I say I think I'm, I'm think I'm more disappointed going out first more for the audience because I, than I am actually for myself because I think the audience really did miss out on a lot of good TV, a lot of good fun, a lot of good gameplay. That's what I'm disappointed about. You know, and I did. I went in there with. I, I got to admit, I went in there with a few lines that I was planning to use along the way, and stuff in confessionals, and when I vote people out and stuff like that. And you know, I remember still saying once I got voted out, I actually said to one of the producers, "I said oh, I had so many good lines still to use." You know, and uh, they loved it. They loved it. They always said that I was one of the easiest to interview and stuff like that. But uh, hey, it didn't, it didn't work out. But you got to have a bit of fun. Like you got to you got to know your audience. You know. Um, I love when people in their confessionals are talking trash and, and, and using one-liners and stuff like that. It makes It's what has kept Survivor going strong to this day. You know, if mm-hmm. we just have all boring players that don't say anything and just, you know, no one's going to watch that. They want the big players. They want a bit of a laugh. And, you know, but, you know and it's all about how you get edited as well, I guess. But, um, yeah, I love it. I'm definitely going to plan a lot of trash talking. I would, I would 
just want to do that so much. Like just go into it and just. I, and that's yeah. why I didn't. I didn't want to ruin. I had. I had an opportunity. I had. If it was only going to, I would have felt sick if I walked into that tribal getting voted out, and I had sat there and been a mute and not said anything. I would never forgive myself. So when I watched it back the other week, last week, and I um, sat there and I actually, you know, listened to all, everything I said and. I actually had a smile on my face at the end of that. And I thought, that's pretty cool, you know. A lot of people are still, a lot of people to this day that lasted a lot longer than me are still, you know, still thinking about what they could have done better and all this stuff. And here I am watching it, having a, having a big smile on my face. So I think that's it. Yeah. Ruth Marie, now, some of these ones are kind of, oh, not really a game, but they sort of, you know, long-term listeners who ask these questions pretty much everyone, but they're entertaining, I think. Uh, I want to know what Matt would do if he was given these four advantages as part of a reward. Which one of these would you choose? So I'm going to read out these four different options here, and you've got to choose one of them. Okay, so there is the voodoo idol. You have an idol with no worth, but beca- but can become a full idol if someone plays an idol at Tribal. Their idol is now powerless, and your idol is now usable. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I don't uh, mind the, that one. Yeah. The vote tripler gains the ability to add three votes to only one player in tribal council, but the consequence being you are unable to vote in the next tribal council. Uh, the immunity canceller play this and can- cancel someone's ability to compete in an immunity challenge, or Mutiny Idol, play it to save whoever has the most votes from elimination, but send them to the other tribe instead. Ooh, that's, that's some good ones there. Um, mm. Probably the last one, I don't... Look, it's not a bad idea about, yeah, you save them, but then they have to leave your tribe. I I don't know why you would probably use do that. You'd, if you're saving someone, you'd still want them in your tribe to to obviously work with you um so if you're gonna send them off to another tribe well then you're going to be stuck with the consequences when you go back to camp so probably wouldn't use that one um just before i one that i often thought would have been a great idea obviously this person's taken time to think about some good ideas about what you could do with an idol i like the idea and that if if you find an idol before the very first tribal council so if you're ballsy enough to go and look for an idol like i did and like stevie did you know, and you find an idol. I would love to see one where, if you're prepared to use it at the first tribal council, it's it can save you and one other per- person, or you have the option of keeping it, and then it's then it it just it becomes a normal idol where you just use it yourself whenever. But if you if you're if you're ballsy enough to use it at the very first tribal, it can save you and one other person. So you know, you know, because often in that first tribal, there's normally like in what happened with me, there is normally the two main names that are on the list. You know. Um, uh, the two clear favourites to go first, you know, whether it be because you don't fit in or you look different or whatever. Um, where if, if someone, so if you're ballsy enough to go look for that idol, which a lot of people aren't ballsy enough to go look for an idol, by the way, um, you know that you could save you and that other person, and then you know what, all of a sudden a big guy could go, you know, like a Robbie or someone on my season actually has to start and think, oh shit, I can't just vote out the, you know, I got to might have to vote out one of my mates or it might be me, or I think that would help with a bit of confusion, but. I like the idea of that second one you said um, about was that was that the one with the extra votes, but then you can't vote, you don't yeah, get a vote, vote the next tripler. one. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of don't mind that one in the fact that it will it's a bit of a consequence of using it. You know that you, you, if you got to use it, but then you do lose your vote. I think they're all great ideas, um, but I, 
one thing, and I, I don't, you, you don't want to. I'm not a big idol guy in the sense. I don't like when there's four idols in play, or you know, I hate, I hate, I can't stress enough. I hate seeing when an idol just turns up in the in the water bowl, you know, or 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 the idol turns up, you know, a clue turns up in the flag after day twelve, you know, just randomly to, you know. Well, if someone's going to get an idol, I want them to have to go work for it. You know, actually leave camp and and know people. The people know that you're looking for it. You know, like looking in the water well and one's all of a sudden just there. Is that how? It, to me, no. That's you know, like I had enough balls to go spend two hours looking every. I looked everywhere on that island for it. I was on my knees looking through rocks. I was. I went out into the little island in front of our camp, which meant everyone knew I was looking for an idol, but I went out there. I was on, you know, climbing up little cliffs. I was doing everything, you know, but yet then to sit back and watch it and have someone just open up a water well and it's there. Does that irritate me? Yeah, you could, it does, you know, because I know, well, shit, I put my game on the line to look for it and some people just all I have to do is open up a water well and it's there. So yep. but anyway, that's yep. just another story. Um, Miranda, what is the one challenge you most wished you could compete on during your season and your favourite and least favourite challenges from US Survivor? Um, I've always liked that one because it looks easy, but I know it's not. You know the one where you put you have, you have start off with one ball and you, you put it in the hole and it kind of mm. winds around, winds around, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you've yeah. got to put the second one in. A th- because... And I, the reason why I say that one because I was, I was, when I was watching it with my nephew, he said, "Oh, that's an easy challenge." I said, "No, it's not. Like it wouldn't be easy. You know, you think it's easy, but if, normally they do that around you know day thirty or something where you you're hungry, you're tired. You, there's a lot of thought that goes into it, and anyone can kind of win that. It, it doesn't rely on just being a, a strength player or you know any. I like the challenges where everyone's on an even playing field, and it just comes down to your thought and and how much effort you're prepared to put in and a bit of, you know, sort of smarts about you of, okay, like it, you've got to think about when you're going to put in that ball, but you've, which, which side is it going to come out? So I like that one. And you say, what's, what do you say? What's the worst ones I don't like? Yeah. Worst ones that you, from the US one that you don't um, like. Yeah. So, look, sometimes they can get a bit too big. I mean, I know now with, especially with the group ones, they all come down to the puzzle at the end. Um, I don't, mind that i don't i don't want to see puzzles in every challenge i guess that's why i like that ball one where it's not a puzzle um yeah it's uh look, i don't think i have one that i really dislike but yeah probably if it's all puzzle related maybe a bit less of them and more of sort of different ones was there one in your season that you didn't compete in that you that you wish you did um uh, the <laughs> it was actually well, it was actually one of the ones, I think it was straight after I got voted out. It was one that they, I thought was a bit weird, but the, the, the soccer goal challenge where they had to kick <laughs> the goal. I don't think it was a great challenge, but I know I would have been good at it. I know I would have been really good at it. So I actually wouldn't have minded doing that challenge. Do, do I want, I probably don't want them to bring that one back, but just for my own benefit, I think I actually would have been really good at it. I've you know, played rugby, soccer all my life, so I actually would have, would have been good at that challenge. But um I like that underwater one where they had to hold your breath and then the water, the tide kept coming up. Mm. Um, that was a pretty full-on challenge. So, um, yeah, I think a couple of them I would have would have liked to have played. The one that I just saw, which I thought was interesting when um, they were battling it out for one of them to come back in the game, was how they kind of had to, like, throw that ball over that, that slope thing and build the... Oh, that uh, was Anita and Tegan? Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. 
yeah, that, it's definitely um, definitely interesting. It would have been good to actually sit there and watch of how how it went because it seemed to. Yeah, I don't know how it really worked because it seemed that you could just wait till you're ready, throw the ball, and then I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it would have been actually good to watch it live. Um, but yeah, look, there's there's plenty of plenty of good challenges as long as yeah, they uh, they get the audience going, I guess. It's actually interesting you mentioned that because there would have had to surely been a rule that as soon as you got the ball, you had to throw it because otherwise you could just take the ball and go, fuck it, I'm just going to build the tower. Well, well, that's what I thought straight away. I was like, you could just hold off. That sort of I didn't know, you know. Um, yeah, so I guess there would have been rules. I don't know. You sort of don't, get, you don't get to see that when you just watch it on TV because I thought, mm-hmm. well, I'll just wait, build it, and then throw it, and then just wait. Yeah, yeah. but I'm sure they were probably onto him about that. Sasha Pewter-Schmidt, uh, now this is a bit of fun. So... I'm going to read out some players, both Australian and US, and you have to either kiss, slap, hug, or run away from them, right? So, <laughs> you, you, I mean, you can kiss all of them, you can hug all of them, like you're not going to run out of options. You just basically have to either kiss, slap, hug, or run away the following contestants. All right, okay. So from Australian Survivor, we have Shane. Oh, definitely, definitely hug Shane. I think she was a, yeah. Great winner, great person. Benji. Um, slap him. Yep. Definitely right. slap him. Just just for getting that purple edit in the first six episodes where we didn't see him at all. Maybe, I don't know if that was his fault or he wasn't playing, but yeah, slap him just for that. Anita. Ah, oh, kiss. Love Anita. Great, great woman. Uh, Would have... That's my biggest regret, Ben. I, I got to say, I don't have many regrets, but, you know, I spent so much time... Talk, trying to talk to Heath um, in those first two days and, and a couple of the guys, only because I knew that I was sort of on the outs and the girls were, were playing a quiet game in that early period. If I had it all over again, it would have been straight to Anita. Anita and I get along fantastic. She is just the, a great a great person, great lady, and I just get along with her so well. And she voted, remember, Ben, she voted for me. She voted for me in that first trial, but that doesn't, I don't care. Like, um, yeah, great. Definitely kiss Anita. Uh, Sasha's put Shane on here again, um, but then you've also got Matt. I'm assuming that's Matt Rogers, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I mean, he played a good game. Um, sort of only got to really meet him at the reunion show, so uh, uh, we'll give him a hug. He, he, he made some good moves. And Shoney. <laughs> Slapper for that... Uh, Voting me out, not realizing that uh, she was never going to be able to work with Stevie. That it was just, to me to this day, it's still just uh, bizarre that why why they would want me out and not Stevie. Um, it just it will never make sense. So we'll, we'll we'll give her a bit of a slap for that one. Some U.S. contestants, Russell Hans. Ah, love him. Nah, I love Russell. A big fan. Look, you don't even with Russell, you, you don't even have to like him in real life as far as what he does in his personal life, whatever. I mean, the guy did, whether you love him or hate him, you've got to give him credit. He, he changed the game at a time when it probably needed to be changed. Um, you know, we'd already had 19 seasons before he, or he was the 19th season. So, um, you know, he's, he's, he did play well for his first two seasons. And to go back to back, uh, twice in a row and get to the end. I mean, it's. I know myself how hard I got voted out first. I know how hard the game is to get a long way. I got two days. He got to the end twice. So got to give him credit. And he and he makes good TV. So yeah, definitely we'll give him a kiss. I was going to say a kiss. Yep. Right. Uh T Bird. T Bird. 
Anyone from Africa gets a kiss. Uh, T Bird. I would have liked to actually seen her play. What was that? What was the season where second she missed, chances? Yeah, she she yeah. missed out on the vote, but it would have been good to see her play again. Yeah, uh, Boston Rob. Ah, uh, slap him. Over <laughs> overrated. Uh, Tina Wesson. Um, I'll give her a hug. Yeah, give her. A hug. I would have liked to have seen her play one more time, only for the fact of her age. I, would, I like the older players. I would have liked to see. So we'll give her a hug. I like how this time Sasha's actually put last uh, initials because usually he just put like a, a Rob or a Tina and I'm like, well, that could be, you know, Timber Tina. doesn't have to be Tina Wesson. Like, <laughs> yeah, just assume. Uh, Richard Hatch. Oh, icon. He's, I said earlier, there's two icon players in my view, him, him and Russell. So, I mean, I'll let him kiss me. How about that? <laughs> Everyone's dream. Uh, Sue Hawk. Oh, run away. Oh <laughs> no! Oh, awesome to watch, but I'd be scared that she'd probably punch me in the head. To be honest, so she seems like that type that wouldn't hold back on on telling you a few home truths. So I um, would, I would go for the kiss and then get slapped. I'd take that as a badge of honour. <laughs> Icon, <laughs> not yeah. quite as Richard, but you come on. Yeah. Uh, and Sandra, Sandra, no. No, run away. I don't, I don't have a, to be honest, I don't really have a lot of time for Sandra. I'd probably, yeah, run away. Uh, all right, Mitch asks, biggest diva around your camp on your tribe? Biggest diva? Probably Zach. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, um, it was so weird, Ben, those first couple of days. It was such a weird vibe, like, Half the tribe weren't talking, you know, and just it was so weird, um, you know. And uh, uh, we'll give it to Zach. Good on All him. All right. And uh, Mitch also adds, who was the most annoying that you would be pleased to send them off to Exile Island from your season? Um, <laughs> I'd have to say Robbie. To be honest, <laughs> I, I just like I said, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I've got no issue with him. I just, I just. Um, you know, he was he was sprouting all this hero stuff and how he wanted to. Oh, um, that rubbed me up the wrong way, and you know that he's all about camaraderie and all that. Yet, you know, he was there for himself. You know, and I, yeah, I'm send him off Exile Island. All right, let's say the best last. Granny Survivor. She always has a lot to say. There's lots of. Uh... Quick fire questions here. She says, Hello, dear. So excited the Oz Network is doing famous interviews from Survivor Oz Day. So excited. Australian Survivor starting on July 24th. We're only like two weeks away from that, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I've compiled my list of questions for Matt, and here we go. All right. So uh, then she ends up with the game. So let's go with these questions first. Uh, who, what is the m- more, you might have already answered this one, more interesting fan interaction? I don't know if she means most interesting fan interaction that you've ever had or. With the, with okay with fans, um, yeah, yeah. Look, it, the good thing, like I said, I was, I'm actually glad I don't get recognised too often. Um, I definitely was getting recognised during the show was getting aired. Um, you know, going into the nightclub or whatever, I had be- bounces saying, "Oh, you're that guy on Survivor," blah blah. blah. Um, but um, for me, it was at the reunion show when I got to meet all the podcasters and just like the, the, you know. If you're a podcaster, you're a pretty big fan of the show, you know, and and you're someone that no doubt would want to play the game yourself. And I can appreciate that because that, although I wasn't a podcaster, that was me, Ben. Like I have a, I have a towel from 
season uh, two Australian Outback. Back in the day, you could buy a, a towel, a beach towel of that. I've still got that at home. You know, um, little things like that. I, um, you know, so I can appreciate how much getting on a show means to people. So to be able to then sit there and have a beer with them and talk the game and all that, like that was to me just as fun as, as getting on the show. Great. Um, if you could put yourself on any two American seasons that you were not a part of, which you weren't a part of any of them, uh, which two would they be? <laughs> well, I think you already know which season I'm going to say, season three. Mm-hmm. So Africa, that's a no-brainer. And then, uh, actually, that's a good one. Um, good question. Um, so definitely season three, and then maybe like a maybe like a Pearl Islands or something, Johnny Fairplay and Rupert. I mean, that was straight after All-Stars as well. Um that was a good. That was a good era of Survivor. I, I, great players and, um, yeah, yeah. I was, I'm going to say season three and then season nine. Uh, it was seven. Pearl Island season nine. Pearl oh, Islands was seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. was that? because oh, Rupert got on. Vanuatu uh, was nine. Yeah. So who? So who? So Rupert did he? He played All Stars, did he? Rupert played All Stars. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I always get that confused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's season seven. Yeah. I always think it was one after. Um, no, one before. One then, before. All yeah. right, my bad. Yes, yeah. okay. So season three and season seven. Um, now, number three, you've already answered your favourite season of Survivor, but what is your least favourite season of Survivor? Uh, uh, I'd have to say Redemption Island. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it annoyed the shit out of me just with seeing... What annoyed me first is seeing, like, I don't know if it was, you know, how Rob got to pick the buff first out of him and Russell and then Russell, you know, like... And then he got Russ, uh, Rob got to go with the the tribe that clearly were all on his face. You know, had the younger girls, and they all looked up to him. And here, Russell got the tribe where they had a lot of older players that weren't going to take his shit. Um, that kind of rubbed me up the wrong way right from the start. And then having to sit through that season and watch everyone just hold um, Rob up on his pedestal and not do anything about it. It it was hard. It was hard viewing, I gotta admit. And I was dirty that then that wasn't Russell that went on to win that obviously he got out early and then I had to sit there and watch Rob go all the way and <laughs> win. So yeah, I, I that's one I probably won't be watching anytime re watching anytime soon. Uh favorite male and female survivor players from the US? Well uh, yeah, I've already said Brian Heideck and Russell, but I'll tell you one that's I I'm a massive Silas Silas Gaither fan. Like I always would love to see him get the opportunity to come back. I mean, uh, he was the first ever player that was voted uh, – that ended up being screwed over by the uh, a change of mix-up of tribes. I think it was a him and T-Bird um, went over to the other tribe. Um, and, and Frank was, and – Yeah, it was, so it was two swapped. And then, and then Frank and um, – I can't remember who the other one was. It wasn't Kim, was it? Uh, could have been. Uh, but, yeah, so – yeah, I was so I was getting invested so much into his game at that time, and then all of a sudden, you know, they he went over, they swapped tribes, and then it just killed. I mean, he was never going to last with, you know, um, Lex and Big and Ethan and all that. It was just never going to happen. And they, they they did the right thing; they got him out early. But I I don't understand why he never got a second chance. Uh, whether you don't know what happens behind the scenes or whatever, but um, you know, even now to this day, he's the one player. I would love to, just as much as seeing Brian come back, I'd love to see Silas come back. Very underrated player and probably a player that never gets, you know, spoken about. It was Kelly Goldsmith was the other one. I just looked ah, it up. that's it. Um, yep, yep. 
uh, we we did get side. We tracked Sidles down. We did interview him. And yeah, I listened to, to it. He, yeah, and I listened to it. Can't remember if he said he's ever been invited back or not. Um, do you have a favourite female uh, contestant? Um, oh, I mean, Parvati's always. I think she she she's the one that probably plays pretty hard. Um, I mean, once to watch Amanda was good to watch. Um, who else? Who was in some of the uh, earlier seasons? Oh, uh, Dar- uh, Pearl Island, Dar- Dara, Dara, Dara. Dara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's probably the hottest yep. ever. So, <laughs> I still, she was hot. Yeah, she'd be, she'd oh. be up there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. yep. Yeah, don't know how much of a great game player she was, but yeah, just for hotness, we'll go her. I look honestly like. She played a fairly solid game. Yeah. I mean, she she basically got screwed over by the um the twist which allowed the jury to compete in the challenge because she was on I think a winning streak of about three. Yeah. Basically, the jury got to compete in the challenge. No one won immunity, and she went straight home. So, uh, I think even I'm pretty sure it was Johnny Fairplay in the interview. That was years ago when I interviewed Johnny Fairplay. But I think even he said like, yeah, she was screwed over by that twist. She would have gone all the way to the end. So, um. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of Dara, just not just because she's a beautiful woman, but like I think she actually played a pretty solid game that often gets overlooked from that season, which is obviously filled with your Ruperts and Fairplays and Sandras. So, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's easy to overlook someone like Dara in that season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And look, I think, I think we often... I'm sure there's a... I, I don't always think the females, um, the ones that are playing hard, and that, they probably don't always get edited as well as the males that are getting um, mm-hmm. that are playing hard. And I think, you know, I, I guess you know we enjoy a lot of people enjoy watching the guys go out and you know they're making big moves, getting idols and stuff. But yeah, we, we probably, to be honest, don't get always get the 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 best edit for a, a female that's playing hard, which is a shame. Because there, I mean, yeah, we talked about that recently, sort of. You know, I'm not one to try and play the gender card over certain aspects of things, but I definitely think that, yeah, survivor women who play a certain way do get portrayed differently um, and can be perceived differently. And I think that is also a very big issue, as I've already mentioned in this episode, about sort of the older female players who kind of get... um, you know, singled out as a certain type when I don't think it's fair. Like, to me, the, the biggest example of that is um, Caramoa with Dawn and Cochrane. I, 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 I felt terrible for Dawn, the, yep. uh, the view that she got in that season. Yeah, um, yeah, true. Whereas, to me, her and Cochrane were basically, you know, very interchangeable of what they did in that season. So Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and our least favorite winner. Did we already ask that? Answer that one. I think no, no, I haven't. Least least favorite winner. Um, probably Tyson. To be honest, uh, I, like I said, if the fact that I didn't even remember he won, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind watching him. I just, yeah, it was to me, it wasn't memorable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I. But it doesn't even have to be memorable. Like you, you, a lot of people talk about um, Fasepia and, and that she was a boring player and all that. But you know, it's it's um, yeah. I still think that yeah, she, she, for what she for what she could do in her game plan, it, it got her to the end uh, and she won. Um, same with Tina. Um, you know, she was up against Colby in the end and she managed to beat him. But um, yeah. And, and like I said, and probably the, the latest one with Chris, I think. And like I said, it was unfair to him. And that's why I would have loved to have seen him return just to, to get that off his back and have an actual chance to prove that hey, I'm not bad. I'm not a bad player. Um, yeah, I think that was unfair to him in the end to put him in that position where he won, where he maybe possibly shouldn't, and then not give him another chance to prove to prove it. 
Uh, number seven's already been answered. The most excited winner for season 40. So Granny closes us off here with a true or false game. Um, pretty standard. I'm sure you know how to play true or false, uh, Matt. Uh, so uh, Australian Survivor bio. The fact is either true or false. So number one, Phoebe said on her bio that she was ducks of her college. True or false? I'm going to say false. It's true, apparently. Oh. Number two, Kent admitted he swam the English Channel naked. <laughs> I do remember him saying something about swimming, which was surprising because he was a big guy, but I think it might have been when he was a bit younger. So I'm going to say true. It's false. Ah! Uh, nothing else there. Number three, uh, Benji's celebrity crush was Colleen Haskell. Uh, I'm going to get three in a row here, I think. Well, I'm going to say uh, false. Correct. Uh, he said, he said wrong. He never said that. His sister admitted it was Jeff Probst. Um, <laughs> everyone's crushed when it comes to Survivor. Four, Craig is the first LGBT contestant to compete on Australian Survivor since none appeared on the two original seasons. Um, I'm trying to think back. No, um, because didn't the, the lady, did the lady who came second to Rob in the first season... I thought she was she, the police. Uh, what was she? Uh, Shown, Shonya, Shonya. Yeah. yeah, was she not? Um, was she not? No, gay or... she wasn't. But I'm okay. I'm just trying to think in terms of. I don't think anyone on the celebrity one was, and I'm pretty sure no one on the sea. Well, I'm kind of answering this for you because I didn't even. Yeah. I, mean, I can see the answer in front of me. Yeah, the answer is um, that apparently Craig was the first LGPD contestant, but. Um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to think and see. No, that's that's an interesting point. I never thought about that. You know, an interesting fact about me and Craig, we actually worked in the same building for a period of about oh, three years ago. I did a huh. stint I did a stint in police recruiting, and that was at um, in headquarters in in Brisbane. And he was there, I think, working with the, um, the fireys the, um, with recruiting. He wasn't, obviously, he's as a, a civilian. But, uh, yeah, and uh, I think we only crossed paths for like a real – like a, a couple of day period but because I then left and went back to my, my normal job um, in policing. But, uh, yeah, we actually worked in the same building there just before you got on the show. So it was a little interesting fact there that the two people in the first three seasons from the worked in the same wow. building got on the show. Maybe there'll be more from that building. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's a, it's a good building for good, casting. Good, a, good, a good luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the final one here, Des has worked a job in pest control. Well, he was a courier driver. I know that um, before that. So um, pest control. Does Des seem like the type that does pest control? You know, he could probably work his own hours, have a beer afterwards. I'm going to say yes, he did. He was a pest controller. It's, it's true. I could just see Des like, oh, get the fuck out of there, you little bugger. <laughs> like this, you know, <laughs> your little critter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so if my calculations are correct, uh, I'll give you three because I think technically you said about the Craig one, uh, even though I sort of gave the answer away. Yeah. So there you go. Thanks, Granny uh, Survivor. And to everyone who sent in the questions, appreciate it. Uh, Matt. Pleasure. We could talk here all day, but uh, you know we'll have to get you back on. I think we'll. Um, we're not one hundred percent sure what we're doing with our coverage of um, the upcoming Australian Survivor. I don't think we're going to be doing it. You know, every episode or sort of every week, we might sort of do a preview episode of the cast and maybe just come back sporadically for a couple of weeks every now and then, just because 
my perspective, it's a bit tricky for me over on this side of the Tasman because uh, they kind of air it a little bit delayed. So yeah. um, we'll, well, we'll work it, it out. And it's, it's fantastic having you back, loving Survivor again, getting involved. Um, you know, we need, we definitely need more people like you. And I mean, you are an expert on 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 the show as far as you know, with all the people you've interviewed over the years and stuff. So to have you back and and definitely. It'd be great to see you, um, you know, do some reviews and stuff throughout the season. And, yeah, I think I'd definitely be listening to it. And a big thank you to Matt there. Great chat, great time, and uh, definitely someone we will get back on the show at some point in the coming weeks, whether it be for an Australian Survivor recap, a US Survivor recap, or just another chat. Uh, and thank you to everyone who sent listener questions in. I do realise there were a couple there, I think namely from you, Chris Dixon, one of our long-term listeners, uh, posted a couple of questions on our Facebook page that unfortunately he didn't get around to, but uh, we can maybe save them up and use them for another chat with Matt in the future. And as you would have heard me just discuss there, not too sure how we're going to cover Australian Survivor this season. Uh, obviously, we didn't really do anything last season, and we did back a couple of years ago, but... Um, we're just working some things out. I think we will do a preview episode. Hopefully, we're going to bring back Julian and Linda, a similar thing I think we did to a couple of years ago. And it might be sort of more of a sporadic every couple of weeks. We might just kind of summarize where we're at at the game and kind of move forward from there. So stay tuned and we will update you with how we're going to cover Australian Survivor. And uh, we will see how we go because we want to cover it in some capacity. What that will be yet, we're not too sure. And of course, US Survivor is something that we're ramping up to as well. A couple of months away, we're hoping to bring you some extensive coverage of that as well. So stay tuned to all of our channels here and uh, you will be updated. Outside of Survivor, of course, if you're listening to this on the Sunday, you would have seen a bit of Amazing Race Canada coverage as well. Martina from uh, the last season of Canada, Amazing Race. Great person. Uh, great interview there that Colin did. I thoroughly recommend listening to that. And any fans of the Amazing Race uh, would love it. Also, the coverage that Colin and crew are doing with the Amazing Race Canada, which has just started up too. So, thoroughly recommend that. And outside of our reality television coverage, we do have our other shows that we're covering as well. Of course, Lost on a Monday. We have Third Watch going up on a Wednesday. Random rewatches every now and then on a Tuesday and Disney Live Action Month concluding this week. We're looking at the original Lion King this week. Very excited for that. And then, of course, we've got this new Lion King coming out in a week, which, you know, you'll hear my thoughts on that (laughs) coming up on the cartoon version, the best version of the Lion King coming up this week. So plenty of content to keep you entertained. And also, just quickly, Survivor fans as well, if you want to jump onto our Facebook page and vote in our poll for our Flashback Friday episode, we're putting up the big guns. We've got Mark Burnett or Charlie Parsons, two of the men who helped bring Survivor to your screens. Without them, we might not even be here talking about Survivor today. So head to our Facebook page, vote for who you would prefer to hear on our Flashback Friday next week, and we will play the winning entry for you next Friday on Flashback Friday. Thanks for tuning in, though. Big thanks to Matt again. And until we next speak again, my name is Ben. This has been the Oz Network, and we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.